0: Hello everyone, and welcome to BXB's Bits and Bobs Episode 7, The Sky's the Limit! And that will become clear why we've given it that title um, for this episode, because we're going to talk about No Man's Sky a lot, I would imagine, because all three of us have played it, and I bet, we've not talked about it ahead of time, but I'm guessing we've got lots of opinions about it, and probably differing ones, knowing us three. So that should be that should be an interesting discussion, but that's going to come later on. I think we'll get through everything else actually before we do that, because I suspect that'll be the thing that runs the longest. So you you guys happy with that? Should I introduce my compatriots for this episode? <laughs> I am Ben, your host, as always. With me today is our in-house developer, Adam Breeden. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello, fans. I gather I've picked up a few more since the last time I did one of these. So yes, hi, hi, everyone.
0: <laughs> fans, <laughs> fans.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's the word.
0: And uh, ostensibly the reviews editor, though fuck knows when he ever actually does anything. It's Richard Worrell. I do some stuff. I'm a busy man. He's a busy man. We're all busy men. Uh. It's the 21st century. We just live to be busy. That's how it is. Come on, come on, Richard. Yeah. But you are you are reviewing things, but you can't actually talk about these things because you're under embargo. So yeah, that's, for some that's strange brilliant. reason. Well, because that's how video games work. Did you not know about how they do that? Like, oh I've no. no, not come across that before. I do not tell
2: you what it is, but um, I'm reviewing a game that's been out for ages on PC. Not allowed to talk about it. I've finished it. <laughs> Everyone else has finished it. I can't tell you even what
0: it is. There you go. Next time. Simon, you can talk about it in about two weeks, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a little it's a, about a week and a half's time you're going to be able to talk about that. So just looking at the dates there, yeah, video games and all that shit is really weird. And actually, that in a way that ties into the No Man's Sky stuff because that had all that bullshit with the embargo stuff. But we can we can talk about that now if you want, guys, or we can talk about that later. But it's it's kind of uh, all led into this the the hype that built around the release. But uh, yeah, that was pretty stupid, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, let, let's uh, what have you guys been up to the last couple of weeks, Adam? Got a new job, uh, but you can't talk about
1: that. I've, I've got a new job, which means I've worked on a load of interesting stuff that was heavily NDA'd, so I can't really talk about any of it. So, um, mostly what I've done in the last few weeks has been oh, I'm also playing the closed beater of a game that similarly NDA'd, can't talk about it. So, mostly I was just watching the clock, waiting for um, six o'clock on Friday for No Man's Sky-related reasons, and um, it didn't work. You
0: know.
1: <laughs> Played a bit of Pokemon Go. You know, yeah, it didn't boot for the first hour. I was pleased with
0: that. That was amazing. When I saw your Facebook, I was shitting myself, man. That was so funny. Oh, God. After all that anticipation, I could just... oh,
3: oh,
0: oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> absolutely. It, was, it was lovely. It God wasn't me. lovely. This just we, adds to the, the saga of No Man's Sky, yes. Go on, Richard.
2: I found something really funny about that. I don't know if we can talk about your, um, your wife's nan.
1: Oh, yeah, the same night um, there'd been a a sort of domestic accident. My my wife's elderly mother had fallen and cut her head quite badly, and they'd taken it as a casualty. And I said, Oh, no, it's okay, I'll stay home and I'll sort everything out at home. And I just sat playing on my sky. Well, they sat in casualty for like four hours. Like a good husband. I'm a good husband? That's. That's Adam what
2: moaning about his game not working. Yeah, on his relatives in A and E.
0: Oh, she was funny. <laughs> Do you know what uh, Richard? It's called priorities, and sometimes you just have to get them right. I mean, that's the, the, what's more important—a game we've been waiting for for two years, or a little fucking cut? We know the answer. Let's—we no, we don't even need to—we don't even need to get into it. We know the. answer. We all know the answer to that question, but it's just we funny do. to see it. As obvious, <laughs> you <know>? yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I mean, like R- me and Richard have actually done some stuff that's overlapped quite a lot, hasn't it? I mean, um, yeah. I, I forgot to talk about this completely on the last episode, which was the the amazing, fantastic. Um, Netflix uh, original show, Stranger Things. I completely forgot to talk about it, even though I'd I binged it in like a weekend uh, prior to that show and just did I just didn't put it on the show so I completely forgot about it. Uh, but you've watched it as well, Richard. Yeah, finished it yesterday. Absolutely oh, I'm good morning. Awesome. It? Uh, it was it was it was fab, wasn't it? it was, have you seen it, Adam? Adam's muted himself and left. He's back
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, trying, with- I was <laughs> trying to have a crafty smoke. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen have you seen Stranger have- Things? I have seen it mentioned on Twitter more than any TV show ever, so I'm almost certainly <laughs> going to have to see it at some point. You should. You like should. The, the Twitterverse has just adopted it as the greatest thing to ever happen to humanity. So
3: it's so good. As,
2: I as guess as it must be good. Day, as
0: a child of the 80s, I think you're love yeah. it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about.
0: There's so much nostalgia, it's a bit, it's got like, there's Close Encounters in there, there's E.T. in there, there's uh, X-Files in there, there's a lot of like, yeah, Goonies, uh, Goonies definitely. Um, lots of just loving stuff. I don't want to talk about it, you don't want to spoil it, obviously, but it's definitely worth um, checking out if you haven't seen it already. And also, an amazing soundtrack that is now available to purchase. Um, yes. I, I bought it on the day it got released. Um, oh, did you? Absolutely fantastic music in that. Really, really really good. So I I highly highly recommend checking it out. Um, we've also seen a film, haven't we, Richard? That I feel like our opinions may differ
3: on.
0: (laughs) 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 Our opinions (laughs) may (laughs) differ on a little bit. But you know I didn't love it but you came down on me pretty hard on Facebook when I just said it it was pretty okay. It's not like a horseman but like Richard's like anyway shit and my mum my mum chimes in with your reviews are really bad. Richard's like yeah even your mum thinks it's shit. And I'm like, ganging up on me with my mum it's like, I have my little brother again. Like
1: sake. That seems reasonable. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> but it was suicide squads and yeah. it, it, it's a mess of a film. But there's definitely some bits about it that are enjoyable, at least on the very surface level. I mean, there's pretty good action and quite good characters, but you know, overall it's definitely not very good. But I obviously oh. didn't hate it as much as you, Richard.
2: Oh, I so, despised it. I, w- I went in thinking I'd be disappointed, and I disliked it more than I could ever have dreamt.
0: That's, that's hardcore. I mean,
2: did you, did you like it more or less than Batman vs Superman? Oh, way less. I found stuff to enjoy in Batman vs. Superman. I mean, I, I acknowledged it had its problems, but, you know, you can take you can take the good bits out and ignore the rest and still have a good time. With Suicide Squad, I just couldn't. By the time, I think I was probably half an hour in, and I was just waiting for it to end at that point. I'd had enough. You say it was good action. There was pretty much nothing but action, and it was a, without any real frame of reference. I didn't understand why I- any anybody- happening. I definitely
0: got bored of another gunfight another yeah. fistfight um, it got it got really samey in places I also think but I'm, I'm as a fan of film I have to say I found it interesting from the heavy-handed interference that's very apparent from multiple editors uh, and all the behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, like, the first, the first act of the film feels like an entirely different film to what the rest of it is, which I think is, is quite interesting from the idea of the studio interference and, and all of that sort of stuff. I, th- I find that interesting on in a, in a meta kind of, on a whole different level, you know, if you ignore the film for what it is, which isn't very good. The, the the whole idea that A made a film, David Aya made a film there that's clearly been completely changed um, by editors after the fact. You know that like the, it just tonally is all over the place. It's a really strange experience. Um, it and does, it's it's enjoyable in a way. It, does like it for doesn't that.
2: know what it is. I mean, looking at the trailers, it felt like when DC are naturally darker films than Marvel anyway, aren't they? But Suicide Squad was the one that looked to be right. This is the really dark one. It's it's visually dark. It's all about the bad guys. This is going to be some heavy stuff. But no, not even the Return of the Joker had any impact whatsoever. And it just felt so sanitized and anodyne. It was kind oh, how of like interesting. I took it completely. A really soft. You. A really soft comic book movie more than Marvel movies are. It just didn't wow. look like it is.
0: That's so. We have. It almost sounds like we've seen a different film, Richard. That's really, really interesting. Because to me, it felt like it was so pitch black in tone, um, especially the second half, that um, it, it didn't match its very light-hearted marketing. Because they marketed it to me like it was like Guardians of the Galaxy. A fun, rompy, music-based kind of like team movie bit, bit squash a little bit roguish that kind of thing and then and then there's some bits in the film there's a bit where a character um, just executes a bunch of people and the people that are in there with with her potentially the heroes of the film basically ag- agree with what's happened and say they've done worse things it's it's like there is nobody to root for in this film they are they are so pitch black and so utterly devoid of humanity that you don't give a shit what happens to them. Um, whereas it seems to be the exact opposite with you, Richard. You found them light and fluffy in one note in comparison. Is that is that fair? It's really interesting. Um, less
2: light and fluffy, but just vacuous. There's nothing to them. I mean, no, you no, can't no.
0: have heavy characters when they're just paper thin. Um, but you can have heavy actions, and I, I think there are definitely... You're right, the the the, the, the characters aren't, aren't well fleshed out at all. Um, you know, There's very little there to a lot of them, and there's too many of them. Uh, and too many of them are completely pointless for being there. Oh, uh, absolutely, yeah. The kid with the sword comes to mind. Like, why? Why was she there? She didn't do That's anything funny. or add anything or kill a croc. Why was he there? He didn't do anything. <laughs> um, you could go on. Um, boomerang. It's well,
2: there's no point in Boomerang. Even he, Harley he was Quinn. Australian. I mean, the, the the whole point of this Suicide Squad was that they had powers to combat the the bad versions of Superman that are coming along because Superman's no longer in the picture. Um. I don't know. Is being a crazy woman a, su- a superpower these days? She had a bat. <laughs> she had
0: a what? Yep. She had a baseball bat. That was uh, oh, right. a bit of power there. A bit of a, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I mean, uh, the, the guy they introduced with the powers um, kind of, well, yeah, he's been dealt with. Um, so it was kind of like, yeah, there's a dude who shoots things really well and there's a guy who throws things really well and there's a girl who hits things really well and, and that's, that's kind of... Yeah, you, that's a that's a fair point. Um, but I just think it adds to the whole mismatch between what David Ayer wanted to make as a film, what DC wanted to market as a film, and what DC actually produced as a film. There's three very different visions here, and because of that, you've got a very weird, confused mix at the end of it. But like I said, the behind-the-scenes stuff, I highly recommend checking out the Hollywood Reporter article on it. Um, because once you once you hear about you know what was going on behind there, the fact that they gave the the final edit controls to the, um, the studio that cut the trailer, and not the director of the film, oh. is kind of insane. So yeah, that, there's a lot of really curious stuff about it, um, and the financial pressures and how that's affecting everything. Anyway. But I'm looking forward to seeing what other a mess Wonder Woman's going to be next year. So that should be... Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, wow. Hey, it's World War One, but with a chick in blue and gold, and she's going to save the day from all these people that died. So many people died. But don't worry, because Wonder Woman's here. It'll be fine. <laughs>
2: It, it really just feels like DC have had this panic meeting. How the hell can we catch up on 15 Marvel films? Well, let's just put it in two.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's such a, it's so stupid because you can't, and, and, and they're desperately trying, aren't they? It's uh, it's a fucking train wreck watching it, isn't it? It's uh, it's that's like I said, as a fan of film, there is a level that I'm finding it this entertaining. Um, that that is, yeah, just sort of, it's, it's crazy. Just the behind the scenes of it. I find all that really interesting. But, yeah, anyway. So, uh, I also saw Star Trek. Have you seen anybody else seen Star Trek? No. Nope. I would like to.
1: <laughs> I heard it wasn't that good, though.
0: Are either of you are really? either of you Trekkies?
1: I think we'll mention it. It's 50 like, years of Star Trek this year. Uh, so. I wouldn't describe myself as a Trekker. Uh, I would say... I liked Next Generation. I had a soft spot for DS9. I kind of lost touch with Star Trek after that. Like, Voyager just didn't ever grab me. And... The newer films seem to be kind of Star Trek, but directed by the guy who won't direct Star Wars now. Like, it all just seems to be kind of going more towards action and shooty-bang explosion stuff, which, I don't know, seems wrong for Star Trek to me. What about you,
2: Richard? Are you a, a Trekkie or a Trekker at all? Uh, definitely not a Trekkie. Um,
0: same as Adam, really. I kind of liked... <laughs> what a strange characters. thing to say As if it was, like, an insult. That's really, that's really. I'm definitely not a trekkie. Oh
3: dear.
2: Well, I don't mean it as a derogatory <laughs> thing, but people who are trekkies, they're pretty full on, right? I mean, it, well, if you want to call yourself that—that you're the sort of person who turns your
0: living room into a. No, no it's not <laughs> necessarily. I, I, I don't it's think rich. so. Not, not anymore. I think it's just, it's just another label for a, a, a geekdom, you know. Uh, it'd be no different than calling yourself a gamer, or um, you know, anything like that. Star Wars fan. So, well, we don't call ourselves gamers anymore <laughs> because then it's not, as we will discuss shortly, uh, not necessarily a good thing, is it, Adam? Yeah, is it? But, um, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but um, I, I have to say, I would have definitely, as a kid, I would call, call myself a Trekkie. Though nothing in comparison to my little brother. My little brother, shout out to you, Josh. I know you listen sometimes. Um, he uh, he has. Multiple uniforms has gone to multiple conventions, and because he lives in America and near Vegas, they have one of the big Star Trek conventions there every year. He he has access to that fandom, uh, and it's 50 years of Star Trek, so I think it's it's definitely worth mentioning. Uh, you know, it's an important show. Uh, it did a lot of good for science fiction over the years. Uh, obviously, from when it was created way back in the 60s, um, I think all of that is quite fascinating. The uh, the the politics of it, uh, and you know, the social impact it had. Uh, I I have watched all of all the shows, so I guess you could call myself call myself a Trekkie in that regard. And uh, I'm I'm a bit of a fan. I do love my science fiction in general. And I saw the new film, and it's probably the best of the three modern ones. Uh, it's the most the, the one that feels the most like uh, Star Trek of old, which is really Gosh. cool. Um, it definitely goes back to that to that vibe. Uh, you know. Abrams didn't direct this one. This was Justin Lin. And everybody went, oh my god, Justin Lin, the Fast and Furious guy, what the fuck is he going to do with Star Trek? Turns out he's a massive Trek fan. So he's actually, you know, he came on board with Simon Pegg uh, and another guy who's never forgotten. Only 18 months. It's crazy, this. 18 months they came on pri- prior to release date, right? So from nothing to release in a year and a half. And they've made a pretty decent film, which is com- Crazy, considering the amount of time they had. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know it's definitely worth checking out. It, it would be fine to watch on Blu-ray. You know what I mean? It's not like something you'd need to rush to the cinema to see. But it's definitely better than Suicide Squad. Yeah. So hey, probably going to make a lot less money, though, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, but you know. And the, um, I guess the only other thing I wanted to mention is either of you sports, sports types? Olympics? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, a
3: <laughs> little bit
1: Olympics. I'm an Olympic reader? Olympics reader.
0: Yeah, it's the kind of thing when it's on. I'll i like in the evening I'll watch <laughs> I'll watch my four and a half hours of wrestling, uh, and then and then switch back <laughs> to normal TV and be like, oh, the Olympics is on. Let's look at real sport for a moment. Um, and um, yeah, I, I saw some diving. I, I saw it on the first night, and then I saw it subsequently where the pool had went gone green, yes. which was like I would not want to jump into that. Um, there's been a lot of fuck-ups at this Olympics so far. I've seen two horrible broken limb videos. You guys seen them? No. No? So there's a a French athlete going over, I think it was a pommel horse, landed and broke his leg in the most graphical, horrific way. He then gets picked up and stretchered and they drop him. Oh! (laughs) They drop the fucker with his leg bent at 90 degrees in the shin and they drop him off the stretcher. It was amazing. Not for him, but like from from a... yeah, watching this, I was like, that is just... Oh, snap! Do what I did there. Yeah, um, it's very good. It oh, it, it? It very subtle, yeah. uh, and then the other one was a weightlifter, whose arm gave
1: way when lifting some weights. Um,
0: there
1: you go. Oh arm in the lift. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always think that's going to happen. I can't watch weightlifting for that reason. It always just looks like his arm's going to break. And then, oh, and, the idea... And it, well, it really did! Good. Yeah! Oh, but the leg break,
0: um, the French guy, that was that was worse. Because you heard it as well as saw it, and it's the noise it makes. It's just this sickening sort of dull snap. Oh, horrible. Horrible shit, that. Really nasty. But also awesome, you know. We all watched Jackass when we were kids, didn't we? It's basically like that, but with professional athletes. or not professional, amateur athletes. Uh, so bummer for them, but very entertaining for us. And then I watched one, which was the divers. This is great. They got, they're, going to, they're literally about to run and do their dive, right? And this is this open-air swimming pool, right? So And it's dark as all fucking Brazil yeah. right, for some reason. So they turn the lights on just as they're doing a run-up. <laughs> and it startles them, and they fuck up the dive, like, massively. And then they go to the judges, Do we get to do a redo. And they take about five minutes discussing it, and then they go,
1: nope,
0: that's the <laughs> score. And it's like, what? that's
1: so fucking harsh man I think and and what really makes it harsh is that at the point when they were told no you don't get a redo they were stood at the end of the diving boards ready to do the redo (laughs) like they had gone back up the stairs and were stood on the boards ready (laughs) they were told no come down come down no you fucked up on television in front of everyone so fucking, it's just like
0: one cock up after another. They're all gonna get the Zika virus. They're all gonna fucking die. It's like all their kids will die or get be mutated in horrible ways. It's just like this Brazilian Olympics shouldn't have happened. Do you know what my theory is? It's because they've clamped down on doping. They should have just let them all dope, let them <laughs> dope like they've always doped. You know, for fuck's sake. Otherwise, the Chinese are just gonna win everything with their selective breeding. So like, you've gotta let you've gotta let everybody else dope. It's the it's the only fair thing. Honestly, just let them use their performance and hard stress. I want the Augmented Olympics, like, like at a Deus Ex. I want fucking oh, cybernetic
1: yeah. sure Cyborg Olympics is definitely better than real Olympics. That'll happen. Be,
0: I've yeah. been watching Robot Wars, and frankly, that would be a better Olympics than, than what we're getting right now. So have
1: you, guys, have, you,
0: have you guys have, seen Re- left,
2: I'm left wondering, though. You're a sports fan, you say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the, the, the thing I hope that makes they me like their legs—they should all be on drugs. <laughs> well, the only reason I watch sports is for entertainment. Tell me that wouldn't be entertaining. I don't care about the purity of a sport. Fuck that. I just want—I'm a wrestling fan. I don't need realism. I don't need fucking <laughs> like you know real sport. That's just nuts. I just want to see shit go crazy. Like that's Drug. that's.
1: just to point out I might as well well play up to my reputation as the humourless one Um, the problem with allowing doping for million sports is the incredible biological damage that you will do to yourself if you take steroids for ten years I
0: I am not the doping police if you want to do that to yourself for my entertainment that would be your choice you can do what you like you know, if, if that's within the rules to destroy yourself for a moment of fame and possible sponsorship money and down the line or something like that, then yeah, you know, do it, man. Do it. They all do it. That's the problem. It's like uh, the Russians have all been called out on this doping, and you've got to feel a little bit bad for them. It just means they've been caught, right? There's a lot that's still that still are doping in the US, the UK, the Chinese. You name it, right? we all, they all do it. That's how they all all <laughs> countries have athletes that do it, right? It's just they've not been caught. So you've got to feel bad for
1: the Ruskies. But you've the but the Russians have had more court than anyone else. Like,
0: which uh, well, well, is they don't you know, give them fucks.
1: So it it appears know. to be <laughs> systemic and so widespread that you know you have to start to assume coaches and official bodies are in on the act. Well, of course,
0: that's why I feel like they should just come out and say, "Hey, it's called a dope. Everybody's doing it. Let's just embrace it." I mean, it's like, what, what's the point in fighting this? What's the point? <laughs> um, I I I guess, maybe.
1: Somewhere there's another uh, athletics in action Reddit that's going mad right now.
0: <laughs> well, we must all try and piss off all the parts of the internet. I mean, let's just let's just tick them off. Let's just tick them off. Yeah, yeah sure. absolutely. Um, I mean, I, before we get into games, I mean, there's not a lot. There's not been a lot happening in, in the pro wrestling right now. But I just want to say, if you're not watching the CWC, for fuck's sake, you need to watch the Cruiserweight Classic. This is some of the best mm-hmm. pure wrestling the WWE has ever presented, and the fact that it they seem to be implying on Raw that everybody who wants it from the CWC is going to come across to wa- Raw to be in their new cruiserweight division, uh, and I, I get the impression the CWC will be like the end point of the year of competition, That that's what they're going to do on Raw, that is so exciting to me, just from uh, enjoying this quality of wrestling, it's absolutely fantastic. Are you guys up to date? I, I actually haven't seen this week's yet, the first of uh, the, the second round, I haven't seen it yet, but the, all those round one... Oh mate, you've got to you've got to catch up. Like there's some the 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 uh, Champa and Gargano match at the end of the first round is one of the most amazing bits of wrestling. Those two, I think they're going to win the tag belts at, at, at Takeover coming up because they are fantastic and he's got such a great finish with so much heart and it's just like how to build these guys but also put across an amazing an amazing exhibition of singles wrestling. Like absolutely. Fantastic. The powerbomb that he does into the backstabber at the end of that match will blow your mind, Richard. You have to watch that match. You have to I do it. intend to. Have you seen it, Adam?
1: Uh, no, I've not seen it. I watched the first two matches of the CWC and stopped because the second match was so bad I assumed it was going to be crap.
0: So you mean you, watched, you just watched the first episode and only got two yeah. matches in? Yeah, I got
1: two matches in and was like, this is. Oh, good.
0: mate. No, it's. it's it's fabulous. There's so much good stuff being shown off, like the different styles that and how they they mesh in a match. Like they're throwing yeah, no, these I'm... technical wrestlers against these high flyers, and and how they're actually doing the wrestling. Like you know, they're, they're amazing, just amazing. You guys, you guys should totally watch it.
1: Yeah, I hear Honestly. it. Get, I hear it's really good at the moment. So yeah, I'll probably wow. will catch them. It's really um, good. You know. Have you heard um, Rude's new entrance music for NXT? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I oh, love it's it. Good. It's
0: oh, for it's him. good. Oh, it's good. I just mentioned that Bobby Roode has now come to NXT and he is going full heel. Like he hasn't even had a match yet, and yet they have built his character so
1: brilliantly. Oh my, oh my god, that, that is fantastic! That Dragon Force heel anthem, just phenomenal.
3: Just <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: it's
1: it's special. It is special.
0: I can't wait to see. I hope he kicks that. That Cien guys ass, because I find him really irritating. <laughs> no, that last match he had in the uh, this week's episode was a good one. I just felt like he lost all momentum after his big debut uh, because let's be honest, we all want, we all prefer, you know, tai, perfect ten. He should he should be the one getting the push and not Cien. And the fact that he had to put him over really really bummed me out. So um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway.
1: Yeah,
2: anybody anybody, anybody? that a lot? He's always just the the guy to put people over, isn't
0: he? The he is. Yes, he, he does deserve it, and I think that they should... Well, it's going to be interesting to see how the fact that Hideo's back and they've got Hideo and um, Nakamura wrestling at the same time. I, I suspect their programs will literally never meet because it would be very strange to see those guys wrestle each other considering how similar they are. Um, so I, I, I don't... I just I hope they keep them very separate because, well, Nakamura's a million times better, and the building for the program against Joe uh the end of that episode of NXT was hilarious. Um, holding Joe back while he slapped him repeatedly I was just that was perfect I was like <laughs> how to piss off Joe just <laughs> slapping him oh, oh so good so good Um, you've seen NXT yeah Rich I don't want to spoil it too much I'm
2: um, about three quarters through there
0: oh so I just spoiled the bit you haven't seen Brilliant. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs>
2: that's what I do. I spoil uh, everything. Yeah, it's, it's nice of you to ask after you would said it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <that's> awesome. <laughs> Wicked. That's how I roll.
0: Any, anything else anybody else wants to throw out here that they've been doing in the last couple of weeks? I've, I feel like I've mentioned a lot of stuff. But yeah, uh, m-
1: trailer for the next Star Wars looks pretty good. The roll oh, right, so go One. So fucking good. Looks right. That does, doesn't it? So good. <laughs> that's
2: not good. Someone on Twitter said um, there's one shot in there that bothered them and is now bothering me. The star destroyer hovering in orbit, mm. almost above, just above the ground. That wouldn't happen, would it?
0: Yeah, they've, they've never said uh, in the expanded universe Star Wars uh, star destroyers could go into atmosphere all the time. That's um, that's totally fine within okay. the tech they've established. For there's a there's a great um, thing in one of the in one of the Star Wars books where there's, like, an Imperial interrogation facility um, deep somewhere in Coruscant, yeah? Uh, and it's like, it, you know, I won't go into the details, but it basically turns out to be a superstar Destroyer that blasts off out of Coruscant, destroying huge amounts of the city, uh, and it just takes off from underground. So, yeah, they've got the power to do it, basically, in, in the universe they've established. All right. Yes. So, super nerd moment there. But, Thank yes, you. it's fine, Richard. Don't worry. Um, I mean, fine, yeah, mean, yeah. does yeah. look. It does look. It does look incredible. Star
1: Wars is allowed more space magic than most sci-fi properties, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with
0: that. All I could think when watching this trailer is I would have had sex with Han Solo before he was a woman, and now he's a woman. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have sex with Han Solo in my dreams. So it was just like, oh my God, so hot. Um, yeah. so <laughs> you know, so that's, that's that, like, yeah, win. In so many ways, that looked amazing. It just looks, It just looks so good. They're so, so good. Um, okay, should we move on to some games? Yeah, everyone, I want, I want to do something. Games. I want to do something. I feel like we've been a little remiss about uh, in the last sort of six episodes and whatever, <laughs> and that's you know, not giving credit to some of the other team members who um, aren't on the podcast but are producing fantastic uh, content on the website. So I'm just going to shout out for the last tr- uh, pieces that they've all done. Uh, so Pharonic by uh, by Cameron. Uh, a video review he did on the website, which was looking at this Egyptian 2D um, Dark Souls game. It's a really good video, uh, and the game actually looks really cool, actually. I, I might check it out myself, but I just want to make sure, you know, go and check out his stuff. Cameron's doing some great work. I know he listens to the show. He actually mentioned to me the other day, you guys didn't talk about your T-shirts last on the last episode. I was very <laughs> upset. Uh, I, I've Sadly, I don't think we re- any of us are wearing particularly interesting ones this week. No, so not Not worth mentioning. I'm not wearing a wrestling or a gaming tee, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, no, I didn't no. think about it this week. Uh, just, just, I'm just not wearing any trousers because it's so hot. Uh, but I'm not going
1: to show you that. It's so. reasonable. Yeah.
2: Uh, I am bring uh, a new T-shirt. In oh yeah. Which one again? that Coin. I've got some Resident Evil T-shirts on sale. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: So mm-hmm. look out for that next time. Okay. Um. And th- okay. So next up on, uh, my little shout-outs for the guys that are creating stuff on the website. Uh, Stephen has done. Uh, he's doing a great job. He came on. Uh, basically when we relaunched the site, I know he's a friend of Richards in real life. Oh, Steve. Um, yeah, shout out to Stephen. And he just did a review of MX versus ATV Supercross Encore on Xbox One. And I feel bad because it turns out that game was utter shit, uh, according <laughs> to Stephen's review. Um, I thought it looked pretty good. I honestly did when I when I when I sent that one across to him. I thought, oh, that looks like a fun racing game, dirt bikes and ATVs. That'll be cool. Not so much. Uh, so sorry about that, Stephen. I hope the next one I give you. I, I think he's playing something for me at the moment. Think for us. I, I can't remember what it is. Uh, but I'm sure we'll find out soon when he writes another great review for us so keep up the good work there man, it's, it's an awesome review and I think people should definitely check that one check that one
2: does out that mean, does that mean Steve has had his racing game to review this year then, just thinking head to Forza Horizon I'm not giving you Forza,
0: if that comes in I'm having it, you can fuck off <laughs>
2: um,
0: <laughs> just, just just, gonna be honest yeah, gonna have to do something special to get that one away from me uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, no I'm keeping um, right, yeah, the that's final the solo costume. <laughs> 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 You'd have to grow a lot more hair, Richard. <laughs> work, sorry, sorry. I don't go for the crown down so much, but yeah, <laughs> just. Uh, all right, last but by no means least, Rob has gone from written reviews, which of which were excellent, uh, and there's a few of them on the website, to doing these videos, which I find very hard to describe. <laughs> because they are the most creative insanity I have experienced in a while. His, recent one, uh, his most recent one was for the Magic Circle Gold Edition, which is a fucking awesome game. That's actually one I've played as well. A game about game design, a game about game making. Uh, it's, it's totally fourth wall breaking and bonkers and, and really interesting. But his review, it, it starts with what can only be described as a PTS horror piece, and then, and then goes into reviewing the game. Um, and it's fabulous, and I can't wait to see. Uh, he's got a game coming. His game for review possibly coming up this week. I can't talk about it yet because it's un, under embargo as well. We seem to have a lot of those at the moment, which are yeah. frustrating. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with that. You I know what, don't know what, what it will it be. What the game is. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the game is. Just watch Rob. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I, I, it's brilliant. I have no <laughs> idea what's coming next. And you guys should be watching these reviews and reading his content. It's. Fabulous. So, yeah, I just wanted to uh, make sure we highlighted some stuff in that. I think going forward, we'll do a, a little segment like that uh, on every episode if there's new stuff from not just us, because otherwise, it's just about our giant egos and how awesome yeah. they are. Well, my giant ego and how awesome I am, anyway. Um, but there you go. Know, you know, so, I've got an Xbox One S, boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It turns yeah, that's out... about it. it. Turns out, a super limited <laughs> one I could now sell for about three times the price. Yeah. Um, well, because it's a two terabyte one. Two terabyte white one, which the, it turns out the news is that they ain't doing no more of those. No um, way. That's what they've said. Microsoft have confirmed it. They're basically going to use it as um, the limited SKU. So they're going to like Gears of War. They're going to do probably a Halo one, that kind of thing. Oh, uh, okay. The plain white one, supposedly, yeah. in two terabytes, will never be never be released again. Um, which means I could make some real money out of it. But I, I don't think I will. I, I, I apologize to all the listeners and people watching today. I promised an unboxing, but due to technical issues, I was unable to produce that. Um, which I was kind of bummed about, actually, on the day. Um, but you know, there are like 200 million of those, so I'm sure you survive uh, if you really want to see people take things out of the boxes. It turns out, though, that's a fucking huge subgenre of things on YouTube. People uh-huh. taking things out of boxes. I must just be very old to think that's not entertainment, but okay. Have you guys delved into that? Like, literally people <clears> taking their shopping out of bags, uh, people opening action figures,
1: or just anything. That's like, it's a whole thing. There's a really weird sub-genre of it, which I became not obsessed with, because I didn't really like watching them, but I became obsessed with why it existed, and like trying to work out how there were so many videos of this, and that's the surprise egg videos, which are aimed really at like the, the four- and five-year-olds who've been given mm-hmm. the iPad, and are just mm-hmm. silently, a grown man or someone, just, all you really see is their hands, and they're just unwrapping Kinder Surprise Eggs or other kind of knock-off brand surprise eggs, and just unwrapping them, taking the chocolate off, putting it to one side, opening the little pot, showing everything that's inside it, push all that away, get another one, open it, Show made it wow. the edit, push it away that's all it is, and they' they' go for like you know there's half hour long videos of it with ten million watches like it's it's just utterly bizarre phenomenon that like took over YouTube for a while. it's very, and, this, very and, and
0: they make they make serious money because they get huge amounts of um product placement yeah, yeah. money and they get all kinds of marketing money it's huge ad um, ad ad revenue yeah, huge ad revenue as well it's it's insane I mean I've seen like talking about your passion I've seen people opening magic boosters. Yeah, no, that's a thing. Um, it's just a pack of cards, though. It just, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess it's for that moment when they hit an ultra rare, something or other, a money card that's worth two hundred dollars. The magic booster
1: ones are usually they usually open in boosters that are like fifteen years old. You know, yes. boosters from sets that have long since stopped being for sale and therefore have cards potentially in them. But they're, that, are not just, like not just You know, I've seen people.
0: I know there are videos of people who buy a box of you know Eldritch Moon and just
1: videos. Oh yeah, no, there's
0: that as well. People, people want. So, hey, you know, whatever works. People like to watch strange videos, because I guess if you're watching this, you're probably quite odd as well. Uh, <laughs> three grown men talking about wrestling and video games. Yep. What does that mean about you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the weird one, not yeah. us. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to project. Just deal with it. Uh, but let's talk about the Xbox One S a little bit. Let's get back to that. Oh yeah, that's, uh, what, we're that. about. that's <laughs> what we were talking about. Yeah, it was a while ago, to be fair, Richard. But okay, I mean, like, what what can I say that you don't already know? It's smaller. I think it looks absolutely, really, really lovely. Um, it's got the two terabyte hard drive in there. Um, I really like the new controller. Uh, it it some people have said it feels a bit cheaper, uh, and I can see where they're coming from because they've gone. You know how at the top of the Xbox One S controller, there's that sort of separate bit of. Plastic uh, on the elite, I think it's metal. You know, yeah. with where the guide button is, is situated. Uh, in this, the new controller, it's all just one piece of plastic, and it kind That's of just like moulds. 360 controller. Yeah, there's still like a dip, but there's not uh, a definite sort of delineation of two pieces. Um, and you know, it just it, it's a bit lighter. But one thing I did notice is the rumble in it. It's it's more subtle and precise. Um, it feels like it's got a, a slightly better build quality. To the components, the sticks feel nicer than the the standard controller. Um, the buttons feel feel good. I thought I was going to immediately just be like, oh, I've already got a Luna White controller. I'll just get rid of this one. You know, I've got the Elite. I've got a Luna White. I don't need this one. But I've actually I'm actually hanging on to it. I I don't really need three controllers, but you know, I actually yeah, it feels good. Um, I'm surprised. One thing I was a bit bummed out about is they were talking about the improved grip on the, the underside. Uh, I thought it'd be more like the Elite or the Lunar the Luna White. It's not. It's a much more subtle. Less defined rubberized grip. Um, it it almost feels pointless to be honest. It doesn't really add anything to it. Um, but in general, you yeah, know, it's it's a good console. Everything it feels a bit snappier. And obviously, something I wasn't aware of when I put my pre-order in. But you know, there's been a massive tear down of the specs and stuff by Eurogamer and Digital Foundry, and it turns out, you know, I'm going to get a performance boost out of this um, between sort of seven and ten frames. Uh, about a 10% increase on in some games and stuff like that, it depends very much game to game um, but they've overclocked the something, the processor or the GPU or something uh, and it's an improved performance in some titles which is nice That was one of my Can't two complain.
2: questions, have you actually noticed anything? Oh, that'd be
0: stupid <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I, I, I'm not, you know we'll be playing uh, a game we'll talk about later actually, which uh, I think we forgot we've been playing which, which was Rainbow Six um, oh, shit, and we yeah. played it with Mark um, from, from Brett Xbox days and he's talking about how much he notices the frame rate difference when it's 30 uh, in, in Terrorist Hunt and 60 in multiplayer I barely notice at all Like I'm, I'm like, sure, okay maybe it's a bit smoother, or like, whatever it really. I mean, when we're talking about like single digit frame differences um, no, I'm not, I don't notice that I'm not noticing that but it's nice to know it's there. I suppose it's nice to know the games will run a bit better. Um, you know, it's nice that I'm going to be able to get four K video streaming out of this now. Uh, for when I get a four K TV probably in the next year or so, um, the box will be able to just work straight away with that, uh, and you know, give me give me that experience in Netflix and Blu-rays and stuff. Um, you know, and like I said, I think the design is, is fantastic. I really like the form uh, and how it sits now vertically next to my PS4 vertically as well. Uh, it takes quiet. up less space. Yeah, I mean, I, I always thought the Xbox One uh, Xbox One was quiet anyway, especially compared to the PS4. It's it's pretty much silent. Well, it it was because it,
2: it was almost over-engineered to the point of just being silent because there's so much box there. So mm. I was worried that maybe they've shaved a bit. Well, back
0: some on. some reviews have said it's a little bit louder, um, but I I'm not noticing much of a difference to be honest. Uh, obviously, the the power brick is now internal as well, or there's no external yeah. one. I should say. Um, yeah, it's just uh, I'm, I can look at it. I'm looking at it right now in my car. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. I really like it. Uh, you, you'll almost certainly like your gears of war one. It's a very nice piece of kit, uh, and that hard drive is nice. You know, I, it took me about four days of downloading, but I pretty much filled it up uh, now. So, so, yeah, good stuff. Wait for that. Yes. So I mean, like, what else can you say about hardware, especially when it's just a, a mostly cosmetic improvement? If you haven't already got an Xbox One. Now would be a really good time to pick it up. It's definitely, it's definitely a, a nice piece of kit now. And I noticed last month they actually outsold Playstations for the first it time is. in like a year. So yeah, good for them. Good for them. We aren't single format anymore though. I have to remind myself that sometimes that we don't just fanboy on Xbox and we have to, we have to be a little bit more fair, mm-hmm. a little bit more balanced. I still, I still personally prefer the interface on the Xbox One over the PlayStation, but you know, I seem to be in the minority for that. Hey. No, I do too, but you know that goes
2: back to why we were a part of Brit Xbox in the first place. I guess because we did prefer it.
0: I suppose so, and one of the reasons we lost we lost a lot of staff back then, if you remember, when when the new consoles came out because a lot of yeah, people jumped over to just,
2: PlayStation. Yeah, 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 and they were
0: all like, "Well, we can't write for you anymore. i buy them." See you then. Fuck you. Um, the tribes.
1: The power of the tribes. <laughs>
0: Well, we, no, the problem was we were a single format website, and we, we dug that hole for yeah, ourselves, you know. Uh, but when when BritExbox was created, like, 15 years ago, it was a very different, um, you know, landscape to console gaming back then. Um, and, it, and you kind of had to have all that weird, pointless fucking loyalty and all that shit. It was so, so stu- stupid, just ridiculous. But when you were, I guess, when I was, like, 18 or 19, when I first came onto the site, you know, we were all very different people. So uh, we've all grown up a bit. But only a bit. For example, I didn't like wrestling back then. So something weird's happened. I don't know what, <laughs> what that's about. But there you go. Shall we... Um, let's talk about some games. I Okay, Richard. Richard's finally got Rocket League. Uh, yeah, I buckled. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I saw someone else was playing it and, and um, their achievements popped up in my feed. I thought, oh...
1: I oh, so that, that, that shit worked!
0: <laughs> wow, yeah. that actual community tab on Xbox worked. <laughs> oh, somebody's got an achievement, I want that achievement, I'll buy a whole game for it. <laughs> yeah, it just Brilliant. turned out
2: I had 15 quid credit lying around, I thought, alright, well, I don't know, I'm not saving it for anything, let's get Rocket League. Yes! Really, really good fun, really enjoyed my uh, hour amazing. or so on it this morning. Now that's all I've played so far, but it's
0: uh, a really good game. Yeah, we're gonna make a play date, Rich. We're gonna make a play date, and we're gonna play some fucking Rocket League. I love yeah. that game so much. Hopefully with Adam
2: as well. I mean, I I do already have it on PS4, and I haven't played it, but uh, I figured. Oh, because
1: you got you got the PS Windows free. Yeah. Yeah. I I,
0: actually,
1: I, I did do some next. I did do some research into whether we could all play together, and in fact, we cannot because. Although the platforms are, sorry, the, the servers are cross-platform, in that Xbox and console and PC gamers can play against each other, there is no capacity for us to form a group or team or anything that would actually put us into the same game, except sheer random chance. Oh,
2: sucks. what's the point? Oh, that
1: sucks. Yeah, it is annoying. Yeah, and when you were playing on Xbox,
0: you always know when you get put up against PC players because they're the ones without gamer picks. Yeah so it's like you immediately mm-hmm. know um, that you're playing you are gonna might be at a disadvantage um, which is quite quite odd but kind of cool at the same time that you know we you're up against I guess ironically but, the same um,
1: thing is true on PC I know if I'm against console players because they don't have game picks because <laughs> we, like, oh, we have
3: Woo! our Steam
1: we have our Steam no usually it means fucking griefing little twat kids is what it means it means oh, disable really? the voice chat immediately oh what really oh yeah I see. oh I see Mr. <laughs> yeah, Master Race mean they fuck you <laughs> I can't, I, I can't throw down any master H shit, shit. I've seen how No Man's Sky runs yeah. on it's 4 compared to how it runs on my PC. <laughs> there is I, no. Well, I was literally
0: about to, about to say that.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, I think, it, I think it's clear what their primary development uh, platform mm-hmm. was, isn't it? Yeah, um, but we, we'll come to that soon. I promise. I promise. Keep teasing this. I'm gonna make you listen to the end of the show to hear about No Man's Sky. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited that you got Rocket League, Richard. I can't wait to play. I also see you, um, you finally played some Transistor. Yeah, oh, yeah owning it.
2: Oh, Well, how long's that been out? Is it two years now? A long time. Long yeah. time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I played it for maybe I don't know an hour when it first came out and didn't really get it because it's got this turn-based combat system that isn't, isn't turn-based it? if you yeah. don't want it to be. Um, and I'm getting into it. i finally it clicked with me what all the systems mean because it obfuscates all of its systems behind these um, sort of encoded names. So every upgrade is called like a. I don't know. They're, they're all laid out like CPU components, aren't they? All programs in a system. Yeah. And I, I never really understood how they link together, how you select them and how how you use them. Um, but like Bastion from the same guys from Supergiant, um, it's fairly simple underneath where you've just got different weapon systems that interlock to create different effects. You might have like a laser effect and then an explosion effect which makes an exploding laser. You get the idea. And I um, really like the, the setting, the story, the characters, the, the music. Just like Bastion, really. It's a really well-produced, mm-hmm. lovely experience. So I don't think I'm too far through it still. I should put another couple of hours into it, but yeah, I'm very keen
0: to finish it off. I I'm well, The way I am Super Supergiant Games is I am permanently excited for anything they're producing. Um, Bastion blew me away, unlike many games did on the 360. Um, it's one of those few, well, I put it on one hand the amount of times I've done this, which was I beat the game and then immediately restarted it yep. um, and played it through again. Um, I, I, I love it so much, I sent them the developers a personal little email. Uh, and just talked about how much it meant to me and how great the game was, and got a personal reply from the from the lead developer, uh, and he told me how he showed it to all the team, and it was like, this is like when they, I guess back then they were very small, they were still fairly underground, I imagine that wouldn't probably happen now, but, uh, it, you know, that's how much that gaming experience meant to me, and I don't normally reach out to, to a developer, you know, for a game I'm not reviewing, and just be like, hey, you know, thank you so much for making this, um, because it was it was reminiscent of sort of gaming in my youth, like a, like a perfectly polished SNES game, almost. Like, it very much reminded me of that era of platforming. And so so when Transistor came around, I was very, very excited for that, uh, and, dev- and devoured that, basically, day one, day two, and just beat that game. Um, so it's difficult when you remember it all now, because it was, like you said, about two years ago. Yeah. I just remember it, I didn't, it didn't click with me quite as strongly as Bastion did. No, I don't, um, I don't think it's as good as Bastion. But I, I also it found
2: kind of layers a bit too much on top of its mm. systems, doesn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. But I think yeah, I I respect that it's, it's ambitious. It's not so accessible as Bastion.
0: Yeah, no, definitely not. But at the same time, what they're trying to do is much more ambitious, and they're really they're really kind of going for this these crazy systems and you know layering on these things and stuff. And and you know maybe that maybe they went a bit too far. Maybe they like you said obfuscated things a little bit too much. Um, but it's got a great story, an amazing soundtrack once again. Um, and really good voice acting throughout. Uh, and now I'm really excited about their new game, Pyre, um, which is this kind of like, well, we don't know exactly what it is yet, but they're showing it at the PAXes and stuff like that, and it seems to be this mixture of like um, sort of post-apocalyptic road movie with a crazy future sport. So I, I don't know what that's going to be, but I, I look forward to checking it out when it comes onto PlayStation, that's for sure. So that's the only downside about Supergiant stuff, actually, um, now. They're, they're tied in real, you know, really strongly with Sony. Um, so they're not getting you know, you're not getting those games on all the platforms which, you know, much like inside on Xbox One, though it turns out that's now about to come out on PS4 as well. Um, I just think, you know, console specific stuff is just dumb in this day and age. It's just really backwards and stupid and we should be putting all these indie games on all the platforms to get it out to as many people as possible. You know, that's what that's what it's all about, isn't it? Getting gamers to play your game. So it kinda sucks when they don't do that.
2: It's down to money, I guess. I mean, there's some developers that would say that they're not in any exclusivity deal, but nevertheless, they do produce exclusive games. Uh, Jonathan Blow's last game is PS4 exclusive. That's Mm -hmm. not by design or by any sort of legal agreement, as I understand it. He just only had enough money to make a game for one console. And that's how it goes sometimes with indie, isn't it? You've got to choose choose your battles.
0: I suppose when you're looking at, you know, now it's a case of penetration, isn't it? I mean, the PlayStation has a wider market share, so you're going to want to put it on that platform because you're going to make the most money back from it, especially if it's an easy, easy-ish easy situation. For example, getting it across Vita and PS4, I mean, you know, that means you're going to get even a few more people playing it and buying it. So, I, yeah, I understand it from a business perspective. I still think it's a shame, though. Anything you wanted to add to that one, Adam? Because, you know, being a developer. Um,
1: I think... The Jonathan Blow thing is interesting because Jonathan Blow is also a kind of slightly quirky and fairly spiky character. I actually like him a great deal, but Controversy is going to follow that man throughout his entire life. Like, I follow him on Twitter and I see... He's not, um, he's not a man who's afraid of expressing his opinions in some fairly robust terms. Um, and so who knows what the reasoning was for his decision. I mean, I know he was—he he's still quite bitter with Microsoft for forcing him to add achievements to um, Braid. So, yeah, why The Witness was only on PS4, we can speculate, but who knows? <laughs> but certainly, I mean, I think, you know, in a lot of cases, the money you make by... When a platform holder pays you to go exclusive, massively um, outranks the money you'd make if you were cross-platform. Like you know, I imagine that's what happened with No Man's Sky, for instance.
0: No, no, fair enough. I mean that makes sense. Anyway, let's not get too down in the dumps about these things. Bottom line is, if you want to play something bad enough, you can probably buy buy something that enables that. So hey, get a PS Four, Adam. Yeah, Xbox
1: One, Adam. Just saying, just saying. Adam. Well, yeah, you know. Just- I'm working again now, so maybe money will come in that I can afford to fritter away on nonsense. Hey. Then we can play Rocket
0: League together. That'll That'll
1: good. That, that would be great. That would be good. good. That'd be really good.
0: Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, Adam. Why don't you talk about one of your games? I'm not gonna force you to talk about um, Tumblestone if you don't want to. It
1: um, well, so like, I mean, Tumblestone's easier to talk about because I've written the review for it. But by the same token, there's a review out there, so if you want to know what I think of it, you can always just kind of read that. I've also been playing Polybridge. Yeah, fuck you, viewers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listeners, go to the website, Games, or go to UK, read the shit well, no. on it. Right. Okay. <laughs> and also, Tomblestone is a tiny-ass game that no one gives a fuck about, whereas Polybridge is a huge indie smash hit that everyone already knows about. So possibly there's more likely to be listeners who care about my opinions of Polybridge. Um, Polybridge is really nice. It's um, You may remember from back in the old days... There was, years and years ago, there was a game called Bridge Builder on PC. It was literally a shareware game. I mean, it was back when that was a business model that existed. Um, And this became a sequel called Pontifex. And the premise was that you had um, a certain budget and you had a train that had to get from one side of a gap to another and you had to build a bridge across the gap. And there was a physics engine that would model the stresses and strains on your bridge. So you had to learn how to build a coherent physical structure that would not fall apart when additional weight was placed on it in the form of this train going across it. And it was a cool game, and there's been attempts to kind of redo that as an indie game since. Polybridge is by far the best. Polybridge is pretty much exactly what I've just described, except with all kinds of other weird and wonderful challenges in there. Sometimes instead of building a bridge, you just build a ramp and the vehicles like jump the gap, and you start to try and get them to the end without them falling in the river. Sometimes you have multiple vehicles, and you've got to build these ridiculous pneumatically mechanical structures that um, can reform themselves uh, mid-game, so that like you know this car can get up to the top, and then it all shifts, and then this car can get down to the bottom. Um, and it's that—that's really like that's all the the gameplay you can describe. I mean, the joy of it is in is in just the sort of playing around with it and trying to build different structures and starting to get the hang of the pneumatics and and discovering that you can really do some very odd and interesting stuff. So it's another one of those sort of classical mechanical games. The interesting thing about playing it is that where in most games you have like an adversary that's been created by the designers, in this game, your adversary is the laws of physics. And for sure, the designers have fiddled the laws of physics fairly heavily to try and help the player out. Like pneumatics work in situations where they absolutely shouldn't work. anything where you're trying to move a bridge around angles ways, Like if you were just trying to pull it at a non-orthogonal non-ortho- angle, you'd just pull the bridge apart, but actually it lets you get away with quite a lot of that before you do just tear your constructions to pieces. But the, the issue is that because what you're dealing with is kind of the cold, hard facts of life, it can be an extraordinarily frustrating game. Um, and certainly I can't think of a game recently that I've loaded up so many times and then just looked at the level I've got to play, said, fuck you, and closed the game again. (laughs) Like, that's happened multiple times. Mm. Um, It's definitely... It's just quite a harsh master, and also I think some of the puzzle types in it are just fundamentally more difficult than others. So if you get a level that's like Build a Ramp you kind of know if you throw enough time at it, you'll get there, you know, you just build your ramp and then you just tweak angles and tweak angles and trial and error and trial and error until it works. And each attempt takes like three seconds to watch. So they're like really nice, really quick, really light. Then you get one of these ones where you've got to reshuffle the bridge around, and you've got to organise all these cars and sort them into their bays. And those are just always a pain in the arse. And so when you get to one of those, often you're kind of like, oh man, I'm not sure I'm in the mood for this today. And you just shut it down. But but weirdly, it's one of, as I stopped binging on it and started just playing it in little half-hour bursts, I started to enjoy my time with it far, far more. It's definitely a game that you're not going to sit in front of for, like, three hours. You're going to load it up, do a couple of levels, and then you've had your fill, and you're going to close it down again. And so it just burbles along nicely in the background of your life. Um yeah, it's, it's a really, really nice game. It's really charming. It's got this gorgeous kind of acoustic guitar soundtrack that just sets the tone for just sitting and chilling and fiddling around with your bridges. And and often, failure is very amusing, you know, like when you set your pneumatics wrong and instead of the flap coming down to let the cars out, the whole bridge just splits at the middle and everything's just dumped in the sea down this sort of funnel you've created. Like, that's just funny. Like, you do, you do just laugh. Um when that happens for the twentieth time and you still can't figure out why and you've been working it <laughs> for an hour, you don't laugh so much. But it, you know, it's a great game. I can't knock it. Um, there's a million like. It's also a real good stream bait. Like, there's a million videos of it being played on YouTube. It's done all the big names. Markiplier's got a bunch of videos on it. Jacksepticeye's got a bunch of videos. So you can like check out the the play experience of it pretty easily that way. And it's a lovely game. It's really nice.
0: So, so sometimes when um, we talk about games on the podcast, and when I'm talking to Adam and Richard and stuff, uh, and the, the review hasn't gone up yet, I get an idea of um, where they're going to score that game. Um, and when uh, I talked to Adam two weeks ago about this is the police, I started to get yeah. an idea that where it was going to be scored. It was sounding, it was, it was, he was unsure, yeah. but it was coming across quite positive, and I was thinking that's going to be a two, or three, you know, somewhere in, in that uh, area. And then Adam submitted his review. And I, and I looked at it, and it, I read it, and I read it. it, was very well written, really enjoyable, really, really good review. Uh, and then it came down to a, a one star. Um, yeah. What happened next, Adam? Uh, Three so, as well, actually, when I saw that, I
2: thought, he's, <laughs> he's gone and played that again, and it didn't go well. Yeah, yeah I played it
0: before. Well, so tell, this, tell us what happened, yeah.
1: This is an interesting thing to mention, because if you look at, like, I am not the only person who has reviewed This Is The Police. And it's a controversial statement, but I'm going to make it. I don't think many of the reviews out there have played it for as long as I had because they do not mention fundamental mechanics that are introduced in the second act of the game. In fact, they very accurately describe the first act of the game and have clearly not played any further, and often all the screenshots are not from the later half of the game. And it's a game, as we discussed before, it's a game where it, asks you, it puts you in very unpleasant, uncomfortable emotional and moral positions, and it ramps that up and it ramps that up. And so it got to the point where I had arrested a 17-year-old lad who was being caught stealing cars. And it introduced me to a screen, which was a basement wall covered in medieval-style tools, like hacksaws and pliers, and a fucking like, electric shock machine and a car battery, and a water butt that represented waterboarding him, and asked me how I wanted to torture him. Further, it recommended that I read his personal file to figure out what method of torture will be most unpleasant for him and therefore get him to give me the information I need quickest. At that point, I stopped playing the game because I decided it was just too fucking nasty by this point. I think that's unnecessary.
2: <laughs> so no choice to not do it? You oh, just give your preference to well, which, which style of torture <laughs> suits you?
1: So this is where it gets interesting. Yes, of course there's a choice not to do it. And if you don't do it, you lose members of your staff because your funding is cut. And that's always the way this game operates. It says, do this awful thing. You don't have to. I mean, if you prefer, I could render your save game unplayable. I mean, you've only spent 20 hours on this so far. Your choice. Not your choice. Not your choice. Bullying, by that point, I feel. It just feels like the game is just pummeling you down, going, yeah, eventually I'm going to make you choose to do all these awful things, and then it's, like, your responsibility. Like, there's a sense in which the game is spending all of its time sort of going, hey, do you want to do this awful thing? I mean, I'm not judging you. so you know, you can do it if you want. And and over time, that just starts to feel, like, kind of sinister. It sounds like, anyway. why are you hitting yourself the game? It, it sort of is. It sort of is. <laughs> And so I wrote a review in which I said all these things and in particular said like, this game has some questionable, well, it seems to have questionable politics and whether this is because it's incompetently written or whether it's because the people who designed it really did want to make a piece of highly authoritarian propaganda, I don't know and I don't really care because this game is fucking horrible to play and has a really nasty feel to it. and then we started to get comments on the site. And we don't normally get comments on the site. Not like that, anyway. These comments were very critical of the review and suggested that I was a very poor writer and such forth, which, fine, maybe I am, I don't know. Um, but we also discovered that I was being discussed on Kotaku in Action. Now, Kotaku in Action is a subreddit. I don't know if you're aware of it, but I am very aware of it. That's <laughs> how so you are now. Well, It's the Reddit headquarters of Gamergate, is what it is, and it always has been. There is a note at the top of the subreddit, Kotaku in action, that says, if you ever post here, you will be auto-banned from the subreddit to discuss rape survivors, the subreddit to discuss politics, the subreddit to discuss feminism. You are banned from those immediately if you post here. (laughs) Because it is one of the most wretched hives of scum and villainy on the fucking internet. Yeah, but Adam, don't you want to torture one
0: of the developers for the game
1: they made? (laughs) Yes. In my review, I made a joke in which I referenced a statement that the developer released in which he said, oh, this is the police. It's not a political game. It's a game about humans, not politics. And essentially did exactly what the game does, which is he said, yes, our game represents all these awful things, but we're not saying anything about them. We're stepping back from all those. We're just representing them. Which, if you think about it, is like... Here's the difference as I see it, right? If you think of something, this is an old example, but I think it's a good one. Michael Burke goes to Ethiopia in the late 80s and shows you footage in your home of Ethiopian children starving to death. And it's horrible and it's upsetting, but he does that with an agenda. He wants a response when he puts that footage on your TV screen. This is the police does not want, does not have an agenda, does not want a response. This is the police just shows you awful shit because awful shit it's like sitting in a pub next to a guy who's on rotten.com and keeps flashing you his mobile phone and keeps going oh look at that that's gross isn't it oh look look what happens when someone gets run over by a fucking truck oh it's horrible <laughs> yeah it is horrible you and if you're, rent, it, <laughs> if you're showing it to me for no reason then you're just a sociopath like if you're not trying to say anything about this then you don't get to talk about this it's just wrong I just don't see why you do it I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that bit where I'm not, I'm not trying to get out of this. No, support your review 100%. I want to play this game. No, yeah, for sure. I think you I should. I want to play this game. It's, supposedly, it's coming to consoles at some point, and when it does, I'm gonna try and get. I'm not sure the PR company will give me one now, so I probably have to buy it. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna. No, I'm sure. I'll be honest. I did send them the review because you know I always do, and I didn't hear back. Um, but but uh, I might I might never hear back again from those particular people. Um, but we'll see. Um, but um, yeah, I I I think it's interesting, and I, everything you've said makes me want to play it because for I would be genuinely... a strong reaction, um, that just makes me want to know for myself.
1: You know, I mean, there's no question. Like it, it did, like. I hesitate to say offended me because that comes with a certain like it makes me sound like I'm clutching my pearls. Don't be such a snowflake, Adam. But it did. It did. Just there did come a point where I was like, "No, you are passed the tipping point now, and I don't think what you're doing is acceptable anymore." Like I think, I feel like you're treating me as the player very badly for a start. You know, you are you are holding a significant amount of my like time and effort building up this save state. You're now dangling it in front of me as a sort of Well, not as a carrot, but like you're hanging it over a pit of lava and saying, I'll fucking drop it. Like, you better do what I say. And that becomes kind of abusive towards the player in a way that I thought was really unacceptable. But also I just thought, like, you know, when you make a game with this quantity of content about rape, about murder, about race, about sexuality, and then you say, oh, but our game's not political. Yeah, it fucking is. Like, you can't avoid the fact that you are making a political game in the same way that standing by with your arms folded while a bunch of people shout racial abuse in the street, you are, in a way, participating in the racial abuse by simply turning a blind eye to it and not intervening and not having any statement about it. You're kind of giving it credibility.
0: <laughs> I, and, and that's and that's why I mean that's one of the things about Gamergate, isn't it? That's why
1: they've decided to target you a little bit about this and stuff. Um, I mean, I, I'd be more upset if I if if I hadn't found that Kotaku in action um, thread, because frankly, anyone who posts to Kotaku in in, in Kotaku in action has such poor judgment. I literally don't care what they think of my review. Like a couple of interesting a
0: couple of interesting things for the internet. If any of you guys are listening, uh, I can see where traffic comes from. Just so you know, on a website, I know okay. where you're coming from. That's how I found that th- I found Kotaku in action. That's how websites work. Um, and also, I thought it was hilarious that on that Kataka in action thing, they didn't link us. They kind of well, I forget what they used, but they used a backup grab of the website <laughs> so that so that if you look at it, we don't get any traffic. Though we still got traffic. Oh, nice. so people clearly looked. But, but at the same time, they are using a very special thing. So they take basically it's like they a screenshot almost, but they like do an, an archive of the website. So it'll always be there, Adam. say so oh, In perpetuity. Uh, it'll forever be there as a as a <laughs> testament to to you, disgusting developer of Dead to Rights. How I know. How dare you criticize <laughs> was a a game thing. Showing police brutality. How dare you?
1: Yeah. They fucking Googled my CV and started questioning, like, oh, well, you worked on Dead to Rights, which is also a game about police brutality. It's like, yeah, in the same way that Streets of Rage is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, because literally that is the game we based Dead to Rights on. We were trying to make a 3D remake of Streets of Rage. That was our intention.
0: We'll move on. I th- I wanted to bring this up for two reasons, because a Game again and, and because of... Um, well the fact that you know your review was different to how it sounded it was yeah, going to yep. go so i think it's worth it that sort of thing happens it's always worth reviewing uh, going back and, and looking at these things um you know for any game Yeah, you because know, i think it's really interesting that you you played it more than most it would seem before you, before you wrote your review, well, all, it says a lot about as says a lot about critics. That so.
1: all I can say is I am the only review I've seen on the internet that mentioned that there's a torture mechanic in the game, and there's a, clearly a torture mechanic in the game. I put a screenshot in the review, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that surely merits some mention.
0: I think I think you might be right. Yeah, I think you might be right. Right, I'm gonna I've got some games I wanna I wanna tick off the list that I've reviewed uh, before we get into No Man's Sky. Um, I reviewed uh, Dex, which I had actually played quite a bit of prior to the last show, but we we ended up running quite long, and I didn't have the time to talk about it. And the review came up afterwards anyway. Um, Dex is this well, what I thought was going to be a fairly simple sort of cyberpunk set 2D side-on sort of actiony RPG turns out it, it more more action than RPG. Turns out it's a very deep RPG, proper cyberpunk set, quite a cool. Adult uh, setting, lots of uh, interesting mechanics. You know, you're typical. That's the thing. I enjoyed my time with it because I like cyberpunk stuff and, and I really enjoyed the setting. But when you actually. It's a fairly typical RPG. You know, you've got leveling up and skills and talents and abilities. You've got an inventory. Um, what sets it apart is there's a very fun um, twin stick shooter um, hacking mechanic, which is kind of different, which i have not seen before, which is pretty cool. And I think I show it off in the video. Uh, so have a little look at that. Um, but yeah, Dex, kind of, you know, typical indie game, kind of came out of nowhere, nobody's talking about it, nobody's covering it, um, but it's cool, it's different. I mean, if, if you're looking for something um, prior to uh, the new Deus Ex coming out, fancy some cyberpunk, fancy a cheaper option than Deus Ex will be, give it a go. I really like Dex. Did Either of you guys heard about Dex before?
1: Uh, well, you'd mentioned that you were reviewing it to me on Facebook, I think, so I did look it up, and man, it looks cool as hell. It is very cool. Like, it it's looks really cool. street.
0: You play this badass blue-haired chick. She's cool. That's Dex. That's her name. So that makes sense why it's called Dex, doesn't it, really? Um, plus, plus you're dealing with, like, sentient AI, evil corporations, future tech. You constantly find hardcore pornography on the street, though. But that's what the world has come to, turns it's out. It's kind of like flashback. Is it that sort of vibe? Well, that's what I thought. When I saw it, I thought, you know, platformy action game. But no, it's actually a big... World like an open world not exactly an, it's hard to call it an open world because it's 2 d, oh, but it it kind of is an open world at the same time. There's lots of buildings which you can go into with rooms within the buildings and places you can explore and and things you can find and you know you're you're dealing with different combat, you can play it stealthy, you can play it straight up action. you can spec in very specific ways like lock picking or crafting and and stuff like that. So yeah there's a lot more there. Then it looks like there will be when you first look at it, when you first see the screenshot. Mm-hmm. So no, it's not really like Flashback. It's more like Deus Ex, um, which is it's kind of what it is. It's kind of like a 2D Deus Ex. You know, you're augmenting yourself, you're upgrading yourself, you're getting these cool abilities as you go further into the game and stuff. Um, as well as there being quite a lot of very combat being melee combat, range combat. Your cyber hacking abilities will play into combat scenarios as well. So yeah, it's it, it's a surprising game. You'd think more people would be talking about it, but. Seemingly not. Maybe
2: more like those Assassin's Creed platformers then. Sounds quite a lot like that.
0: But but you use yeah yeah sort of but at the same time those don't really have any RPG elements, do they? So th- this is actually quite a deep RPG experience. So, yeah, you, well they sort spend of a lot of time
2: it. on it. There's little right. bits that you can upgrade, but nothing significant,
0: I suppose. Um, I then played Brutal or Brew to Brew to I mean, how how do you pronounce that? I'm going to go with brutal. Uh, it's a stupid title for what is quite a fun game. Um, <laughs> it's a 3D uh, action hack and slash roguelike. But what sets it apart from what is becoming a genre filled to the brim of titles, roguelikes at the moment, um, is its art style. It's this, it's this ASCII-inspired art, which will immediately take you back when you see it. Um, do you got, obviously Adam knows what I'm talking about. Richard, do you have an idea of, of what I mean by an ASCII startup? off? Yes. Yeah, you do. I, I thought you must, but I, I couldn't be sure. But basically, it's, but this, the sad thing is with this is that the ASCII stuff is very, is very, would be very interchange, easily interchangeable with anything. It doesn't really add anything to the experience other than a, a twang of nostalgia for people of our age. And you look at that and go, oh, ASCII's, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, back in the day, back in my day, when all we had were symbols. um, for Not real graphics.
2: Know. For anyone that doesn't know, it's basically when the image is made up of
0: text characters. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to think of a way of describing it, you see. Thank you for doing that, because I really couldn't think of I mean,
1: a good way of describing what ASCII looks like. To, to be more specific, this is a deliberate kind of knowing, nerdy reference to an old, yeah. old game called Rogue. Which represented a dungeon via ASCII characters, where the capital A was a fucking aardvark and the capital I was an orc and the lowercase O was a lesser orc and you know.
0: Yes, but it's but it's not at the same time. It's not that game. It, it's it's. Uh, I I believe you. Could, like I was saying, you could just well like like ASCII represented real life. Mm-hmm. This this is sort of like ASCII could be anything else as well at the same time. It doesn't add anything to the experience. It is what it is. It is is a fairly enjoyable, um, simple-to-play hack-and-slash roguelike game. It's actually not very hard as roguelike games go, actually. I find myself getting very quite far almost immediately into the dungeon. There's like 20-odd levels of the dungeon, and you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And, you know, things do get harder, but I found myself... Maybe I just had easy runs. Maybe I had easy loot drops. I don't know. But I find myself getting stuff that upgraded my character substantially... And I actually found the the biggest threat in these dungeons was missing a jump, because you had instant <laughs> permadeath if you just missed a platform. I found that far more challenging than the enemies were, or the toxic environments could be, or anything like that. Um, and actually, that's kind of frustrating if you think about it, because it turns out the jumping mechanics, the platform mechanics, weren't that great, weren't that polished. So I'd be like doing really well, like 12, 15 levels down, I jump from a platform to platform, and this time I fall, I die, that's it, it's over. I was like, oh. That kind it's
1: of stuff. it's a brave development team who include platforming mechanics in a permadeath roguelike. I will say that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, possibly a foolhardy team.
0: Yeah, especially as they're they're not well. You know, whenever you shoehorn platforming into a game that isn't a platformer, it's very easy for those mechanics not to be polished enough, not to be precise mm-hmm. enough, and that's the, the that's the problem. Yeah, we're having here, which is a real shame because basically. The I like the art style, I find it very enjoyable to look at the screen while I'm doing these very generic things. Um, so, you know, once the nostalgia passed, it still it worked as a nice visual, it just wasn't particularly engaging. But it does segue me into a game with an art style that was very engaging, which was Hyper Light Drifter. Another roguelike type experience. Um, did you do you guys know much about Hyperlight Drifter? I watched your video, it looks very pretty. It's gorgeous, mate. It's such a gorgeous game. It's got this amazing art style, this 2D pixel art. Uh, It's so beautiful that I I took screenshots of it and actually have it as my background on my Xbox.
1: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: It's just like absolutely stunning vistas. (coughs) Um, It's also got an amazing, not just an amazing look to it, but a, a cohesive style. That, that penetrates right through from the art to the design uh, and to the mechanics as well. And by that I mean that they've chosen this very interesting thing, the heart machine, the developers behind this, where there's no dialogue in this game and there's also no written text, at least not in English. So everything is conveyed through hieroglyphs and pictograms uh, and just the environment, which can be tricky at times, don't get me wrong, it took some time for me to understand how the currency worked, how shops and vendors worked in the game, how you you basically would meet an NPC in this game, and they give you three sequential pictures that tell you something about them, something about how they got there, something about what they want you to do, something, you know, it could be anything, uh, and I, I'd often spend time like really looking at these pictures repeatedly until I got a gist of what they were trying to tell me. Uh, and what that what that does is it pulls you into the universe. It means it, in almost a fez-like way you're being you're being brought in through this sort of obfuscated um, storytelling technique. And the more you focus on it, the more you you force yourself to understand it. Of course, the deeper you find yourself being immersed in the experience. Um, on top of that, you know the basic movement, which is you know basic left like movement around, but also a dash mechanic. And then there's like um, a sword. Uh, attack, and then there's range attacks, and everything feels very tight, very well play tested. It's punishingly hard at times. Don't get me wrong, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't mollycoddle you. Um, you can quite easily go in the wrong direction, end up in the wrong place, facing enemies way too powerful for you, and you are going to get destroyed. You're just going to get annihilated. Uh, and then you know back to the beginning, back to the start, back to your last save point. Unlike uh, Brutal, which is just game over if you if you fuck up in a run, Hyperlight Drifter does have checkpointing. It does have saves, but it is it is a very hard game. Uh, and I think they've had to make concessions for that. It's you know it's got this beautiful art. Love the neon pastel color palette. Um, love the brave choices when it comes to the storytelling. And I just like I I do like a, a game that can be really t- tricky and hard but rewards you for perseverance you know much like a Dark Souls in your case Richard I know you're a massive fan of that genre that doesn't give everything to you up front does it it, 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 it makes things more complex than perhaps they have to be to, to draw you into the world and it uses a very similar mechanic to that though I found this more accessible than Dark Souls because I suck at Dark Souls but I did find myself getting further with this and really getting into it and I like the fact that the story is open to interpretation you know that it isn't all obviously laid out for you. It's a, it's a really cool
1: game. Any questions? Any questions? What's the, um, like... Basically, what's the backstory or what's the, what's the setting to this game? Because the one thing that's always struck me is that the logo and the name strongly lean you towards one sort of game, and then actually when you see it in action, it looks more of a kind of medieval fantasy setting. Um, what is, is not the backstory would, to this game? Which was not what I was expecting.
0: I, I'd say it's post societal post-apocalyptic perhaps, but like um, i said sure. because because nothing is spelled out because it's pictograms there's like it's, it's more uh, i'd say it's more sci-fi than fantasy definitely um it's definitely there are like alieny type creatures, but I mean they could be fantastical but they're definitely it's fantastical science fiction it feels like a world gone wrong, it feels like a, it doesn't it's not necessarily earth, but it's, it feels like like I said post societal something has collapsed. The world is broken in ways. There are these okay. deity-type demonic creatures and entities. I don't want to give too much away about the end stuff, but your character seems to be caught in um some kind of death loop. You know, you're you're definitely suffering through the experience. Um, it's heavy i mean the story is quite bleak it's definitely not a, a game that's like oh joy fun ha 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 happy yeah. times it's got a quite serious tone it has an amazing intro by the way that i don't want to spoil it's got this incredible again another game with an amazing soundtrack amazing audio scape um, not just the music but you know the environmental uh, sounds the the way ev- the way the ah, i saw how to describe it just the audio scape the the feeling the uh, the texture that it gives the game and the experience is absolutely fab- fantastic as well. Um, yeah, but it's it's that art. You either look at that and get blown away by how it looks and and how it moves as well, uh, how your character moves around, how do de- you know you deal with enemies, how you know it's one of those ones where you can be in a fight and you're d- feeling like oh this is confident. I know what I'm dealing with these enemies. I've seen these before. I know how to take them out. Then all of a sudden a new dude appears and you've not seen him before and he just owns you. Because he's got a different set of moves. He's got um, a different types of mechanics that you haven't experienced, and that's it. You're dead. And you, you know, but you learn like da- like a Dark Souls. You're learning and you're developing your character as you go through. Was that Richard? Sounds good. It's <laughs> very much good. like Dark Souls. It's yeah, I'm
2: agreeing
0: with you. Ah, okay. Good. Good. Yes, it is very good game. Very good. Very good. Don't know. Why I'm doing it in a stupid accent, but you know, I really enjoyed Hyper Light Drifter. <laughs> I really, really enjoy Hyper Light Drifter. It's a really cool experience, and it's just, it's not otherwise, dripping in style. I just I love these indie games that are, I've got a strong vision and that they you know an ambitious and they just they just go for it it's so cool it's so cool any more questions or shall we move on to the big topic of the day
1: I think I'm ready I are you think ready I'm ready for the big topic
0: have you girded your loins young man? <laughs> how about you Richard are you prepared ready <laughs> ready it's like gladiators um contestant. contenders Ready! <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? No Man's Sky. Oh that was it, yeah. Uh the reason the Sky's the Limit is the name of the episode. This is the game everybody's talking about uh the last couple of weeks, uh before its release and now definitely post release. It's huge. It's well, it is a survival exploration experience. We now know what No Man's Sky is, though let's be honest. We kind of knew that if you've been paying attention already anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, it's out. We've all played it. I've put in about, i probably played the most out of the three of us. I've played about 15 hours, I think, possibly at this point. Uh, I went pretty hardcore on launch day, and uh, I've been playing it pretty much all my free time as we going into this game. Um, I have jumped to a lot of star systems. I've been on lots of planets. I've got a new ship. I've done lots of crafting and exploring, and I've collected lots of things. That seems to be the game, Richard.
2: I'm not sure if I like it or not.
0: Yeah, I know. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the this is why I didn't want to. I didn't want to sort of say that straight away. I've played it a lot. I keep wanting to play it, but when I actually think about, do I like what I'm doing in this game? I don't think I do. It, I've it played it isn't... all day. I've played yeah. it pretty
2: much all day. Apart from You didn't pee, did you? Coffee. You said no, you didn't no, even pee. I held it in until you told me, Richard, do the show notes. And I was like, mate, I'm not even getting up for a, a piss, let alone doing your
3: notes. <laughs> 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 yeah, this
2: is such so a weird game. I'm, I'm really, really glad. It's really grabbed me. And, yeah. it, and all the time I'm thinking, well, that doesn't work. Why isn't that better? But... It's not letting me go. I still want to just get to the next space station and th- and just save my game because that's a good place to stop. And then once I'm there, I think, well, that planet's only 30 seconds away. Might as well have a look. And once you're there, then it's just, oh, what's over that hill? Maybe there's another station there I can just have a peek at. And it's just never ending.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean um, that's the weird thing. It's like if I, I'm. We didn't receive code for this. We have all bought our copies of this game, uh, and I'm really glad about that. And that means if I do want to do a review for this, I could do it in a week's time. You know, whatever. In two weeks' time, whenever I feel like it, instead of feeling pressured to get something written, because I don't. This game is so strange. If you look at it critically, um, I I don't know. Like I said, like if you look at the mechanics that are there and what's actually in the game, it feels lacking. It feels like it's not polished. It feels like the flying isn't quite there. The ground combat, when you're fighting Sentinels or creatures, definitely isn't there. As a first-person nice. shooter, it feels like shit. Even with an upgraded multi-tool, which of which I've got, um, even I'm, I'm in a I'm in a brand new ship. Like cost me 18 or oh, 1.8 million units. That took me some saving. That did. Um, but like you know. It still feels like kind of crap when you're flying around. It's okay, uh, but it's not It's not like Elite good. Um, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel polished like that. I mean, um, I, get, I can't stop playing it. Yet.
2: That That's one of the most interesting things about this game, is the comparisons with Elite. Because having played both, my fear coming into this was that it would be similarly heavy, and I'd be put off. Because however good Elite was, I simply don't have the time to invest. And you really need to sit down, you know I've I've sat down with No Man's Sky all day but I didn't have to, you can kind of dip in and out with Elite you can't really do that, you've got to commit to a big extended session every time you play it Um, and that's one of the things that worried me about No Man's Sky that it would be similar Um, but just in terms of the systems my fears weren't upheld, it's very very simple to play, it's Mm -hmm. very accessible despite the, the scale and the scope of it you can just jump right in and you kind of know what you're doing um, it tells you what you need to do in very simple terms it's very easy to, to play and although the handling, like you say is not great, actually in a, in a sense that is a strength because I didn't sit there for half an hour like I did with Elite trying to figure out how to move forward and I'm not exaggerating, I was, I was stuck with the Leap for a long time trying to figure out what the button combinations were, and with this it's just dead simple. I mean, you, There is a trade off with how effective that control is, but at least you know what you're doing
0: and it, it's easy enough to do what you need to do. Adam you've been quiet so far, <laughs> Adam's the only one out of the three of us to have this on PC. <laughs> As we alluded to earlier, it had some um, issues, shall we say. It did uh, have in some the issues first hour or so at launch. but uh, I mean, do you want to talk about technical problems on PC first? How do you want to approach this?
1: Well, so uh, just to put my opinion into the pot as well, um, I said to you on Facebook this game's like meth, and I think that's probably a pretty reasonable description of how I feel about it. Um, I'm not sure I like it. Uh, I'm not sure it's good for me. But it's taken over my life since I managed to get it to run, and I can't stop. <laughs> um, on PC, I downloaded it, got it off Steam, You know, bought it. It was expensive, you've got to say. It's not a cheap indie game. And then for the first hour, it wouldn't run. Um, I had to go through all bloody... Update all drivers, do all the PC gamer stuff. That is the reason why I stopped playing games on PC. Um, when I did first time around, when I went for the Xbox... Um, because I just hate all that. I hate having to keep up with my software. It's just irritating. Things should just work. Um, But once I finally got it running, uh, it ran like an absolute dog. It was nearly unplayable. Um, Turned all the settings right down, stripped everything back, and now it runs fine. Like, it runs great. It doesn't run as great as the PS4 version. Like, if I watch a stream of someone playing on the PS4, it is much smoother and nicer. There are some really odd control decisions that have been made um, in terms of like, there's a very lengthy delay before you take off the spaceship, um, which was suggested that like that's to feel like your, your reactors are coming online and your ship's powering up, but I think it doesn't feel like that.
2: There's a more practical explanation for that. But yes, I would think so too. Got, your thruster fuel runs out very quickly. If you take off four times, then your thruster fuel's yeah. gone. So an instant launch button just wouldn't be practical. It has to have that couple of seconds delay to make sure, are, are you absolutely sure you want to take off because this might be your last chance
1: before you need to land again. Well, but in fairness, we are in a universe built out of spaceship fuel. I mean, everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's inconceivable that anyone will ever get stranded anywhere, really, unless by the pre-order glitch. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about a little bit about the the core loop of the game, which is at its heart, it's um it's meant to be a survival game, isn't it? I don't know because at first that's what you think, and then you realise maybe not because this is balls easy if it is. Yeah, like that. There's no real challenge in this game anywhere. Um, it's so odd because most games are built around some form of adversity you're 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 fighting something you're up against someone you're dealing with something else whereas in this game it's almost purely explorational isn't it i mean once you get the hang of it after those first couple of hours you really aren't ever struggling for survival because you get you understand what basic fuels you need to to make sure your suit will be okay to make sure your ship can fly and once you've got the hang of that you kind of saw it. I mean, not, I mean I, I've i been playing, like I said, for 15 hours, and maybe when I get more and more m- into the center of the universe, I'm going to come across against much more hostile things. You know, I've been to systems where I was getting attacked by pirates, for example, straight away. Um, but even in the starter ship, I, I was able to deal with them. You know, They only come at you in twos and threes, and that's not that difficult. I mean, maybe when I get further into the middle, there'll be much bigger fleets that I have to deal with that will attack me. Um, but I, I certainly haven't experienced that yet. Um, so is this game, I, the way I describe it, way I've been telling people about it, is it's the ultimate podcast game. game. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> like, like I can just put a podcast on and yeah. just chill out. I mean, because there's, there's oh, no yeah. real story. You can just poodle about, do a few things for a couple of hours and stop. You know, It's, it's like, oh, that's cool. I've been able to, I've been listening to loads of podcasts when playing it. I've caught up on lots of stuff. It's been great. <laughs> it's been really helpful. Uh, I could have gone back and listened to all the previous episodes of BXB Spits and Bobs, which are available on iTunes right now. Uh, but I didn't do that. So I, uh, you know, just saying in case you wanted to, uh, the the ultimate no man's sky companion. Um, but um, you know, it's it. So is this game just about exploring? Is that all this is? It is about maybe getting to the centre of the galaxy. Have you guys heard what happens when you get to the centre of the galaxy? No. Yeah. Okay, I don't. Well, I can't say. If you um, tell me, I'll kill you. No, then. I can't say. But it, it, it's it's not an end. Is there a box with Peter Molyneux in it? <laughs> Um, no, but it's it, if you do the the Atlas path and follow that and do that and get to the end, um, it's there's not an end. It's 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 a perpetual thing. Yeah. Um, so there there isn't really an end goal here. It is just to exist. Literally, just to fly to a place to look at a place to, to mine some shit to sell some shit and then do it again.
1: So this is sort of interesting because I think there's lots, and it, it's really hard to talk about No Man's Sky because it's such a kind of it's a mile wide and about an inch deep, I suspect, in all places. And mm. so I think everyone kind of brings their own stuff to the table. A lot of the backlash that's come about around it seems to be because it's not the game people thought it was going to be, but the game people thought it was going to be was elite, but with spore and proper full laws of evolution employed within... like. It was an insane project that people were expecting, and so it's difficult to kind of engage with the finished product because it's surrounded in all this kind of nonsense that was built up around it, and people reading ridiculous complexity into very simple um, answers in interviews that were simply like, yes, we have a system that roughly does a food chain, and people started to imagine there was going to be ecological niches, and you know, elaborate predator-prey relationships, and, no, what the dude meant was the herbivores move to plants and play an eat animation, and the carnivores move to the herbivores and play an eat animation, and then the herbivore falls out because it's dead. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's enough to say you have a food chain in your game, but that's not what people heard when he said there were food chains on these planets. (laughs) okay,
0: let's let's talk a bit more about variety, then, if we're going to go down that road. Um... I I am. I'm at first. I still don't think I like the look of the game. I I think in places it's quite ugly. Like just in general, um, planets will often follow the same rules of of, you know sort of sporadic vegetation, with sporadic mountains and sort of everything looks a bit the same um, due to the at least at the moment for me. But I have started to see a little, maybe a little bit more variety as I I dig deeper into the galaxy. which I know is what they've talked about. That, that that you know, I've started to come across. For example, early on, I never really saw any water, um, but I have now just landed on my first mostly aquatic world, which is quite special, I have to say, because you there's a whole diving mechanic and then the undersea life. So if you if you guys haven't experienced that, I, I definitely recommend trying to find a water world mm. as soon as possible. It's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, That's but now I'm starting to see um, lots of. You know some really freaky creatures. I mean, some of the shit you get to see in this game will give you fucking nightmares. Like seriously, <laughs> nightmares. Um, I, I I saw like this this twenty foot tall raptor creature, which only ate oxide. So I was like, well, I'm alright then. That's good. But that thing scared the crap out of me. Um, like you know, so the it's so it's so weird, isn't it? This game. I mean, like the whole the whole spore thing. Like you said, it it really does feel like the creatures that you meet are these horrific Frankenstein randomly generated monstrosities uh, but sometimes they really work and sometimes they, they
1: really don't yeah, I'd say yeah exactly I think it's worth mentioning that sometimes, every now and again what comes over the hill to greet you is amazing and the procedural generation has absolutely nailed it by random chance or whatever it's landed on something truly unique and fascinating and awesome and then there's the other times when like uh, a kid's game of heads, bodies, and legs has come up on the horizon, and it's like, oh, I see, spider legs, giraffe head, and it's got a crab body. Fine, and it looks kind of naff. The but amount of times
0: I've seen what seem to be walking plants is quite surprising as well. <laughs> Have you seen a lot of walking plants? I keep finding these weird, like I, I, I've seen creatures that look like cactuses more than once, bouncing around the landscape. Yeah, that's a strange one. I don't the know why. Third- I
1: The third planet I went to, I was so glad I discovered it and not Richard, because it was populated almost entirely by large purple hopping lumps (laughs) and significant resemblance to a certain McDonald's mascot.
2: Of course you discovered it. (laughs) Of course I discovered
1: Planet of the Grimaces. And I really did. There they were. Planet of the Grimaces hopping around everywhere. It was awesome.
0: I uh, I came across Pyramid Head from Silent Hill yeah, on one yeah. of my planets. I, I,
1: I had a Pyramid Head uh, goat thing chasing me around for <laughs> This
0: one, this this one looked like um this was more like a quite a large creature like a like a dinosaur Ooh. size but had a giant Pyramid Head instead. That was that was quite scary. Had to say when I saw that. But again, it would be like herbivore though. I'm like really. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> one thing I find just uh, like confusing sometimes is that you've come across a lot of um. Herbivores, which look like predators, like when you first see them, and you're just like, "Oh my god, that thing's going to chew my face off!" And then it's like, "No, I only eat carbon." And like, <laughs> Why? Well, um, it doesn't the, make
1: sense. You're, you're made of carbon, right? That that would be bad.
0: <laughs> no, but it, I think it, it more likely means <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, the stupid isotopes that are everywhere, like you are talking about. Um, how <laughs> the um, I'm starting to get more into the the minutiae of um, needing weirder resources for crafting now. The further you get into the game. So it's like I, I'm starting to need shit like I've never even seen before on planet. So I'm guessing there's there's going to be something different, I guess. But it starts not off with it's down iron to
2: blueprints, and, isn't it? So it's not stuff mm. that you can find, but you'll get blueprints from um, maybe
0: ruins or from life forms. Do you want to talk about blueprints? Because there's there's that a quite interesting bug there, isn't there, which is yeah. to
1: do with blueprints. Yeah. So
0: people, I've do- people. I've dodged it. I've dodged it. People. And so I did thought. I. So did
1: I. I thought I had it. I thought I was in big trouble about four hours ago, and I resolved it in the most like desperate hail Mary, thank Christ way imaginable.
0: <laughs> so basically, there was was yours to do with the pre-order thing as well, Adam well so I talk I, yeah we
1: should probably talk about the glitches and then I'll tell you so what the story.
0: pre-order the pre-order glitch was uh, you get a new ship um, which you can activate right at the beginning of the game uh, and the problem with that is it gives you a ship with a hyperdrive now the ship you start the game with doesn't have a hyperdrive um, so if you activate this this uh, pre-order bonus and get the new ship you skip the tutorial quest line for the hyperdrive uh, and more importantly for the fuel, I find, for the hyperdrive. That would be even more integral to this. And what that has meant for some players is, later on in the game, they've gone and bought themselves a new ship, and it didn't have a hyperdrive. And because they've done that, and they don't know how to build a hyperdrive, or the fuel for a hyperdrive, they're fucked. Or, you can buy a ship with a hyperdrive, but you don't know how to craft the fuel, so you're fucked. So it's, it's, you can be fucked in two ways, which is great. Uh, I, I, on the other hand, found the recipe for the fuel, Um, just randomly in an early system, so I was fine. Um, But I've never found any blueprints to actually make hyperdrives, but all the ships I've found and bought, I bought a ship, came with a hyperdrive, so I was okay. How did did you dodge it?
2: I did jump before I heard about the bug. I used the hyperdrive. You only get one jumps worth of fuel in the drive, so you can't even go back to where you started. Um, Luckily, it didn't skip the quests. I got that quest in the new system that I jumped to, so it was quite simple for me. I got the warp drive blueprints, and then I got the blueprints for the
0: fuel not long afterwards in the same system.
2: Okay, because right. I didn't, I didn't get any of that.
0: I
1: was just, I was just lucky, <laughs> out, I suppose. What about you, Adam? How did you get your fuck up? So what happened to me is I, I knew about the glitch, so it, I've got the pre-order bonus ship because I pre-ordered an hour before the game came out. <laughs> <laughs> because Steam, um, but fine, I get the pre-order bonus ship and it looks nicer, so I was like, sure, I'll use this ship but I'll be careful, I ain't touching this hyperdrive until this game has taught me how to build a hyperdrive and I'm not going to f- use fuel until the game has taught me how to make hyperdrive fuel and then I'll be fine, right? And turns out, the glitch is actually a lot nastier than I thought because you, on the first area you can learn how to build the hyperdrive and then the game just starts saying, oh, you've got a hyperdrive, and it's got fuel, so don't worry about learning how to make fuel. Yeah. Jump. Why aren't you jumping? Jump. Jump now. Start jumping. What's the matter with you? Like, it just nags you to death to hyperspace out of there. Now, I'm playing this game differently to most people, I suspect, in that I could not give a shit about going to Galactic Centre. Fuck that. I am space biologist. I am going to every planet, and I'm finding every animal. Oh, my I God. I have got... 15 hours of gameplay on this game, I have been to six planets. Right? (laughs) But I know those planets so well. And my chart, I discovered, I don't know if this is on the PS4 version, but it is on the PC version, because Master Race, Um, we have the option to find the nearest discovered system. So I did that at the very start. And so I'm not following a yellow path, I'm following a blue path to a system discovered by another player. It's, about, it's eight jumps away to get there, but I'm going to get there, and I'm going to see what he's named all the animals, and I'm going to judge him. I'm going to judge him so hard, because my animal names are so fucking good. Oh, <laughs> I, I am doing this seriously. On the first planet, I named all the fungus, I named all the plants, I named everything. And I didn't oh, name God. them, I didn't name them Dat Boy or Me. I named them logical things. <laughs> bat fungus, that's a name.
0: <laughs> well, Adam, I'll, I would say that sounds like the most boring thing in the world, but whatever <laughs> makes you happy, mate. No, it's whatever making me happy.
1: so happy. It's, this is what I wanted the game to be. My criticisms of the game are, why are there guns in it? Why are there aliens in it? Why is there trading in it? Why is any of that in it? I want to fly to planets and see aliens. Cool animal aliens. I, I, want to name I, I them. will
0: admit I'm not naming aliens, but <laughs> I am naming planets. And do you know how I make my planets sound legit? Do you know? Do you know? What I came across the the concept. I I I, I basically name them a descriptor of the planet. So acidy, for example. Yeah. Right. And then I just add Planitia after it. That's that's good. Well done. Yeah. Acidy Planitia. So, um, I did, so, so, a little bit of like Latinness. Yeah. yeah. See, see. So it actually sounds kind of legit, but wasn't, they're not. He, it's really, what, really she lazy. She was one of the
2: women in the Cosby Show, wasn't she?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about you? How's your naming um, technique, Richard? Fuck that! I'm bothered. Just left no, it no, as not it not is. Bothers, not <laughs> I'm shocked. Has it? Has anybody done the money glitch? No. Or the how to duplicate items glitch. No. no. I'd never do that. Have you done no, that? You're, you're too pure. I, I might have done it a little bit, yes. Do you know how much money you get if you find every animal on a planet? I'm I've seen. You make a <laughs> shit ton for doing that, yeah. But you're spending like. I spent like four hours on one planet, and I was still like sh- short two animals. Yeah, I was like, no. I'm going to do I, this planet. I thought. Cause I, did did, one. I did one, yeah, and the, yeah. the last
2: two animals that I couldn't find were airborne, and you have to yeah. keep them down with that mining oh.
0: tool. Christ, that took yeah, a you while. Can't. <laughs> you can't. Um, what was I going to say? What, uh, what was I doing? Uh, basically, I went to one you know, of the beacons, the orange beacons, which you can uh-huh. search for things. Um, I had loads of iron stuff, so I was crafting all the data chips. I thought there'd be like a finite amount of monoliths and stuff like that. No, there isn't. So just Every time you say, find me a monolith, it just gives you another yeah. monolith or another stone. So it's like infinite outposts, monoliths. I don't know how it's working. Oh, wait, if it's not infinite, it's a lot. Because I, I must have put it in, I must have done each one of those like 15 or 20 times on this one well, I, mean, I put it one just in. kept giving them to me. I put one
2: in and it
1: sent me to somewhere I'd been already.
0: <laughs> That's
1: nice. That's fun. Um, I mean, I think the issue is that the planets are massive. I mean, they're not quite the size of a planet, but they're actually kind of close. Like, they have you have, pop- you have you had the issue of like
0: you've got a waypoint on this side of the planet, and if you fly try to fly to it in the atmosphere, it doesn't actually seem to reduce the time. Yeah. Have you, have you had that? So what you have to do yeah. is go into like sub orbit or orbit, do the warp thing across, warp and it. then come yeah. down, which is quite weird and frustrating. um Found that, I found that a bit irritating. The way you're playing it, though, trying to find every animal, I think that's crazy. I mean, it's like, I go to a planet, my, my usual thing is I'll go to a planet, I'll piddle about for a bit, I'll go to a few outposts, I'll see what's in my scanning area, uh, and then I'll just yeah, head back to orbit, sell some stuff at the space station, and fuck off, basically. All
1: to be planets. fair, I think it helps that all the planets I've been to so far, every one of them has been incredibly good. Like, I've watched enough like PS4 streams to know that I've actually had quite a lucky run, um... All my planets have been really cool. They've had water and they've had insects and, oh, really? wow. and like interesting creatures. You know, I haven't gone to the rocky planet of the shitty dogs.
0: Right. I've had a lot
1: of acid. Most people seem to be on. I've had Most a people.
0: lot of
1: acid planets,
0: which aren't very pleasant. Yeah. They're literally just full of plants belching out farts. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, just like really ugly shit. Um, I've only been to, like, one planet with any water on it, yeah. and it, But it, it was, like, mostly water. So that was really cool. And I had an upgrade for my suit at that point so I could um, stay water longer. Um,
1: so I was I was just like, yeah, this is cool. Some cool shit here. Oh, so I, n- I never finished my story about my glitch experience. So having oh, right, okay. decided I was going to do all that, Yeah. Um, eventually, like, the thing nags you into jumping, so I jump. And uh, it says, now go to the space station to buy more fuel. So I go to the space station and I think I'm in there and I'm hauling like a ton of gold from my first system. So I go into the space station, talk to the aliens, sell all my gold, and I just forget to buy the antimatter. Like it just slips my mind and I leave, fly off to a planet, start cataloging as I do, and then realise, oh, it still says go go to the space station. Oh, shit, I was supposed to buy the antimatter. I bet that's what I was supposed to do. Go back into space, no space station marker. Literally none. Oh, don't know where the space station is. (laughs) I'm quite a long way away from it now. So I spent an hour today flying round into kind of close-ish to all the other planets, desperately hoping I would see the space station to fly into it so that I could buy antimatter and restart the thing. Because you can't get... Because nothing else, nothing was happening. It was constantly nagging me, go to the space station to buy antimatter. But I couldn't... It wasn't telling me where the space station was. Um,
0: um, the, way I, the way I found to find the space station is you look at the trade lanes. That's what I did in the end. Yeah. And
1: just like, yeah,
0: bit of a, like, Hail Mary Mary you see, you, you see a bunch of them all going to one place. You know that's where the space station is. Because
1: I was also in one of these weird systems where you had, like, a whole cluster of planets down at one end, and then there's just, like, one back of fucking beyond planet that's, like, two minutes flight from everywhere else with pulse drive. So I was all the way over there by the time I realised I was in this trouble. Right. So man, it was it was not fun. But I did find it, and I did get into the space station. And thankfully, I have survived, and I'm okay again now. Just uh, I,
0: that's I think that's the, the the thing about this game as well. It's just rough around the edges, isn't it? It's got like it's glitches, rough. and there's there's like you said, like the, te- the I've had I, I keep getting told to, I need to um, refuel a gun on my on my spaceship, but mm. it won't let me refuel it. Um, <laughs> but it, it but it works without any fuel. It actually says 0%, and it still fires, but it will not let me refuel it, though it keeps telling me to fucking refuel it. And I'm like, well, I can't. It won't let me do it. So you know,
1: There's two guns on most ships, though, so it might be in the yeah. other one. No. It doesn't mean the beam versus the... So it's the well, pulse it one. You're right
2: for your money glitch. I bet that's what, it, what, what did it. I heard a funny glitch today. A friend of mine was playing... Um, I, was, I was chatting to him while we were both playing it, and... Um, he landed his ship. You know, there's those hovering islands sometimes, mm-hmm. like in yeah. um, what's it that film Avatar. And he accidentally landed his ship in that, and then he got out. <laughs> uh, did he? Fall? Uh, yeah, he fell and did he, well, he die? The fall, no,
0: but he couldn't get back. <laughs> no, I've had I've had that where I've landed on things that are really high up, yeah, and I've yeah. Ju- you get out and you fall and you're like ow and you're like oh well thanks for that. Somebody I landed on um I've got a screenshot of it actually. I landed on like a massive iron deposit earlier, and yeah. then I and then I mined all the iron. Yeah. Like, my, my ship's just sort of hovering in the air by itself. <laughs> it's, it doesn't. I don't know. It's that weird Minecraft yeah. thing, isn't it? Where it's like it doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. It's really strange. Yeah. I took a screenshot. Yeah, but, yeah.
2: Because he couldn't reach the ship. He could reach Mm. it just enough to repair it, because I think he was on one of these really hostile planets with loads of these um, sentinels around, hammering the shit out of him constantly. That's Um, fun. So because he'd landed it in this funny place, and it had sort of glitched into the scenery as well and damaged the shit, he was having to try and repair it, but he couldn't get into it. So (laughs) (laughs) he had to walk for... I don't know, maybe an hour, to try and find one of these um, stations. Because you get these stations, don't you, where you can, where you can, can call your ship, ship. You yeah. can call it in. Um, but he was just desperately hunting for one of those to get to his ship. Because it was just <laughs> there, above his head, out of reach. <laughs>
0: that's, a brilliant, that's a brilliant way of fucking yourself up. That's amazing. I had to get attacked by sentinels the whole way. Great. (laughs) Yeah, sounds (laughs) fun. I
1: I had to hunt for one of those stations, but it was because I turned around after a lengthy period of exploring. Turned around to my ship marker and it said, like, 30 minutes walk. And I was just like, no. (laughs) 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 I'm not walking for 30 minutes. Do you both know the um, speed boost kind of Yes. Let's say glitch. Like, if you don't know that, learn it because it's the only thing that's going to make it. You you mean the the one with the melee and the. Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah, Melee jetpack.
1: jetpack. That move saves well,
0: time. I've time. upgraded my mobility quite a lot now, though. So, yeah, I, can,
1: I, I move. I can sprint for a long time. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's the strangest thing, right? I, I mean, I said I didn't... I don't know if I like the game. I think I like the game quite a lot. But it is that thing of if I'm going to talk to people about it, all I want to talk about is all the things about it that annoy me.
0: Yeah. Which no, <laughs> is
1: exactly. an enormous list. I Somehow it's it's there's magic in there that lets it be good, be good despite that. But man... There is a secret source in there somewhere, isn't there?
0: I mean, that's it. When you, it's like what we're just you know, trying to look at it critically. It's got a lot of problems, but at the same time, yeah, I wonder. I'm talking about it now. I want to go and play it. I want to well, be playing it right now. I so. mean,
1: from like a game design point of view, there isn't a good mechanic in the game. Every single thing the game does, it does badly. It, there's no way it should be even passable. And actually, I think it have. Might have, have you had many crashes, Richard?
0: I haven't had any yet. Oh, haven't you? I've had dozens. Loads. Uh, they seems to mostly happen on loads. So when you're coming into the game um, fresh, it just error codes me and kicks me back to the dashboard or whatever they call it on PlayStation. Um, I've had quite a few, yeah. Um, one of the cool things. I don't know if you guys have died at all in the game, but one of the cool things is when you die, it give it gives you um, quotes from science fiction novels. Yeah. And and it's too quick though to read them. I find it really <laughs> annoying. They give you lengthy quotes. And it's just like, before I have a chance to read it, it's gone. I'm like, you fucking ass, Leave them up longer. Weirdly, I want the load screen to be on the screen longer. I don't think I've ever said that before. So <laughs> but I really do. I really like I really like reading them. Because, oh, I've read that. That's a, that's a cool bit. Oh, I've read that one as well. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, well, I was surprised to, like, to see how much of this game has this kind of 60s sci-fi book vibe. Like, it's really in that style of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It's... And I think the art style makes a lot more sense in terms of... Basically, every planet I've been to looks like the cover of a fairly cheap sci-fi novel from a second-hand bookshop. Like well, that's, it, that's clearly what they've gone for.
0: I don't know if you know much about Hello Games and Sean Murray, but yeah, he's, got, he's, he's, re- he's talked about this in interviews. That that was always his inspiration. And, and interestingly, when they were first developing the game, they had like a secret team working on it in Hello Games. And they actually boarded off part of their office uh, and then covered up all the windows... They went out and bought all the, the cheap sci-fi books they could find, <laughs> ripped off the covers, and used them to board up all uh, of their windows. True. So it's always been a big inspiration for them. Um, yeah, exactly what well, you just talked about. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I love that. And I think that's one of the charming things about it, the art style. I mean, the design of things like the space station and the ships. I love the looks of the ships. Where they've actually designed something, mm. it looks fabulous. But the problem I have sometimes is with the planets, they can look... Very generic when you get when you looking around on them and stuff. Yeah,
1: the ships are procedural.
0: <laughs> are they?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> really? For sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, there's not there's not more of a, like a design element going into them in any way.
1: Well, the big, bits they're, but made
2: they're made of are um, organic, so they they're easier yeah. to start together, I guess. But yeah, it's all procedural.
1: I mean, they're made of Lego. Like it's they've they've got. A selection of noses, a selection of wings, a selection of yeah. pockets, and it's picking them. You know, it's building but them. There's, a kind of there's less
0: parts, as it were. So it comes. Maybe that means they come out looking a bit more designed. I think it's but just. I, I really I like think, how they
1: look. I think Richard's right. I think because they're man-made objects, um, procedurally generating them makes a lot more sense because it makes sense that spaceships in this universe would be modular. So. The fact that they look modular is fine, whereas when the creatures look modular, it looks a bit (laughs) less good. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. No, I think the ship design, the ships have. Sometimes I'll be in a space station and I'll just stand there and watch them coming in and going out. I'm just like, Yeah, no, they're really cool. The cool ones that come in and stuff, and I'm like, Oh, I want that one. Oh, that one's got 35 slots. It costs (laughs) 10 million units. I know what I'm saving up for. So
1: so the the problem I've got right now is that I bought a spaceship purely on its look, because it's the best looking spaceship. You can get it's just incredible. It looks like an X-wing. It's so good, and I can't. I'm not. I'm never upgrading again. Like there's no way I'm flying some piece of shit. <laughs> I
0: I'm
1: basically. I'm I can't basically, get out of this spaceship now, and it's like a thirteen-slot piece of crap.
0: But no, <laughs> I'm basically flying around in a freighter. Spaceship. My my freighter yeah. is not very sexy looking. I have to say right now.
1: So there's a weird thing. Like so, I've been watching a lot of the streams, and you get like you get the chat alongside the stream, which is always fun, but. A lot of the people around... First of all, the conversation is always about have you met another player yet? Which is sort of hilarious. because it's, it's always no! It's not an MMO. Gonna Never was going to be. Shut up. Right. But the other thing everyone says is when are they adding base building? Everyone wants base building. Now, to me, it feels like base building is the exact opposite of everything this game wants to be. Well, of course This it game is. is 100% not about putting down roots. It's about... Disposable content and nomadic lifestyles, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's about exploring, pushing forward, always A relentless
1: forward, forward, forward momentum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, well,
2: it's it, it set out from the beginning. You either choose the uh, to follow the atlas to the centre of the universe, or go on the free roam mode and just go literally anywhere else. It's yeah. not about staying where you are; just go somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Strange.
1: It just, why, it just seems odd that that's something so many players fundamentally want, and you sort of think, I mean, what would that? What would you do? you so you'd go to a planet and you'd build a base, and then you'd stand outside your base and go, "This is my base. Now I will fly away and never come back." Like, yeah. <laughs> <it> still, <laughs> I just can't. I, and I'm not, I'm not even going to go at them for wanting it because they want it so strongly. Like, I don't know. Maybe it speaks to some deep human need to have a home. To have yeah. a
0: place you can call yours, I guess, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I just... I I, yeah. I like it. We haven't really talked about the alien races and the whole the language
1: stuff and all of that. I think that's oh, really... Oh, actually, cool. the language mechanic is good. I mean, it's pure yeah. grind, and it's silly, but actually, I've never seen that in a game before, and it's a good idea. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that as well. I think mean, it's really cool. Um, it's slightly broken if you play the way I play. Because by the time I <laughs> By the time I left my first planet, you were saying you kept getting monoliths, kept getting monoliths. I was mm. pretty much fu- fluent in Viking by the time I left my first planet. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, so many knowledge stones, just wondering. Yeah. It.
3: Um...
2: You know how I'm doing it? I'm doing it so cheaply. There's a guy on the space station. <laughs> if you give him 20 carbon, he'll offer you a choice of three things. Every third time you do it, he'll give you a new word every second time you do it you give you a new word yeah. and on, on the other times it gives you some carbon so
3: <laughs> <and> <laughs> that,
0: that's what I've been doing for 55 words
3: oh Jesus
0: Christ <laughs> that's one way of gaming the system but there's so much of that in there isn't there I mean like we were talking about are they exploits or are they just no more, I mean hello games being like yeah right yeah. why not we don't we do it it's not it's not what yeah. this is about i don't i don't think like we said there's no there's no real adversarial challenge in this game it's not about that it's not about struggling to do anything it's just about existing it's about you know the reason it's not no man's sky is because it's yours hmm. so it's it's like you can do whatever you want in this world you know within the the limits of the game you know if you just literally want to do what adam does and just stay on a planet and and funny about and you know fanny Funny about space biologist. I like
1: it. Look, Adam. One day someone might find my system, and when they do, they're going to get there and go, "This dude did a good job. Like he worked
0: <laughs> hard on this." <laughs> Send you some feedback. It makes up for <laughs> makes up for the, the.
1: This is the police review. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean,
1: no one will ever. That's that's the great irony. just like again, one thing that interests me is that during the the sort of first announcement period. The discussion was always, well, what will we do when we run out of planets to name? And Sean Murray had to reassure people, oh, there's so many bajillion million planets, it'll be fine. But actually, it's almost a shame. Like I, I found myself wishing that species would crop up in, on multiple planets so that discovering them meant a little more so yeah. there was more chance of people coming into contact with content that you'd come into contact with. Because at the moment there is a sort of loneliness to the experience where a lot of it's kind of masturbatory and a lot of it's just like you're doing this for you because no one's, especially in your first system, I mean, presumably you start a long way from Galactic Centre and then you work your way towards it. So maybe around Galactic Centre, as players congregate there, there will be a sort of more heavily discovered zones. But on the outskirts, no one's ever finding what you've done. So it sort of feels odd. Like there's a... I mean, maybe that's part of the idea of the game—is to enhance, you know, to inspire that feeling of loneliness. But mm. I just found myself wishing that I don't know the game adhered to the idea of transpermia instead. Like, oh yeah, occasionally alien species can crop up on multiple planets, and the person well, in that species gets to see, it. like you know.
0: I think that for now, this brings us to the end of our discussion on No Man's Sky. I suspect we'll. We'll come back to it uh, probably in, in another two weeks, uh, as the games are still a bit a bit um, light on the ground, as it were. So I imagine we'll still be putting some more time into this. Uh, it's kind of nice actually to have a little break from the the hectic reviewing and, and <laughs> stuff, and actually be able to play some games that you know we can all play. And uh, I think this is definitely an interesting experience. And it's uh, as we get further and get closer to that galactic center, it's going to be curious to see uh, you know if things change, if these worlds change. And clearly, the purchase of this game. Was an expensive one for both of you guys because
1: neither of you can afford light bulbs. Um, so, <laughs> no, it's um, more that I didn't want to just get off from the computer and go and turn the light bulbs. <laughs> I mean, it was sunny when we
0: started. In the <laughs> <wasn't> it? <laughs> it's, it's a, you know no running water, no light bulbs, just a, a PlayStation and a PC to play No Man's Sky. That's all Adam and Richard can afford, and I and I respect that dedication here at at VXP's Bits and Bobs. I think that's uh, it shows a real passion, real passion for the for the for the games. <laughs> But so thank you for that. Um, okay. So I'm gonna draw us to the close here and just say, you know, follow us at BXB Games on Twitter. We are BXB Games on Facebook, bxbgames.co.uk is the website. We have a YouTube channel, subscribe to that, subscribe to this podcast. Um, I am in the I am attempting to get this properly listed on iTunes, but iTunes, it turns out, no longer likes my audio hosting people, so I'm gonna have to do some RSS fiddling around and, and stuff like that to make it work, which is a pain in my butt. Um, because iTunes is really picky about what it wants for you to have on the podca- on the feed to make it host. So I fucking know. I'll work it out. Um, but who cares about that, really? Who uses iTunes to subscribe to podcasts now, anyway? Does anybody still do that? I don't. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So that, that that's coming for those that have been clamouring. No one. Um, but yeah, by all means, leave some uh, more comments on uh, Adams. This is the police review. He loves all that feedback. So <laughs> don't stop now. Uh, and you can also, of course, find us on Kotaku in Action. Uh, if you'd like to check us out on the, the, high, the Hive of Scum and Villainy, that is the, the Reddit's home of Gamergate. By all means, leave them some feedback about how my, how many of them are assholes, and uh, how they ought to die in a fire. Uh, that would be good as well. Um, so yeah, you can find me on personal account at DIYE. By all means, send me some feedback about my comments as well. I will appreciate that. And if and those lovely comments you've been leaving on YouTube, if you're going to be using such horrible language, I will ban your ass. And that's the way it is, uh, because I don't need to leave that on the on the on the videos. You know, if you want to have some legitimate feedback, by all means. But uh, swearing at me won't get you very far. So yeah, Richard, where can you be found on Twitter? Colonel Red. Colonel Red.
2: I don't get any <laughs> feedback of any
0: kind. I wish I did. Yes, add, <laughs> add, us, add me and Richard play some Rainbow Six Siege, because we didn't talk about it, but that game is a good shooter. We've had some fun with that in the last couple of weeks, haven't we? So that's been, that's been good. Add yes. us up on. A yeah, friend us on Xbox. I'm Hall Ben on Xbox. By all means, add me, so you can send me some more feedback. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where play can people find... Uh, we'll be on Rocket League as well. Rocket League, yeah! Fucking yeah. Rocket League's going to be good. Uh, and Adam if you don't want to give out your Twitter, <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> well
1: I mean you know normal people can find me on Twitter at, at Adam Breeden Dev uh, can find me on Twitter at Mike Bithel
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh poor Mike Bithel um, right he gets, he
1: gets enough from him anyway he's an SJW oh is he you,
0: oh yes like, are you you can, you can, you can smell them. You're all the same. He you, thinks,
1: actually? he thinks like women should have equal rights and shit. Like Don't he's a terrible human it. being. He has to be told him much he needs to die on a regular basis for that. Clearly. So
0: on the on the next podcast, you guys can uh, expect some talk about potentially about the new F1 game, which is coming out this in the next couple of weeks, and uh, about the new Deus Ex game, which is also coming out in the next couple of weeks. So you know we're starting to hit silly season, coming to the end of August, September. The games are only gonna get coming thicker and faster and stuff, so get your no man's sky time in now. Because mm-hmm. soon you'll be playing I think in your case, Richard, I'm gonna give you Madden if I get Madden. I know you're, <laughs> I know you're a football fan and uh, and <laughs> Adam. Well Bear, I don't I Bear don't even Lego know. What's <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> Lego. Lego.
0: <laughs> that last Lego game was alright. It was it was good. It was good. Star
1: Wars, man. Star
0: Wars, it's it's Lego it? Madden, though. No, that's what you're getting. Lego Madden, yes. The old <laughs> <laughs> Synergy, the brand synergy you never knew you wanted. Finally. Okay. So Finally. That, that's my niche. All the racist games to Adam, right? Yes, please. Uh, I do uh, like uh, a bit uh, of racism. Yeah. He loves it, loves it. And throwing some torture in there as well, and it's only going to be more fun. For him. So I that
1: can, was beautiful escape, dungeoneer That's a game with a torture mechanic that's absolutely brilliant. Wow. <laughs>
0: um, so that's episode seven of BXB's Bits and Bobs. We'll be back with episode eight in a couple of weeks. See you all then. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
3: Bye. Bye.